Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Can't stand your mother. This was a song Poppy introduced to me. Um, song's great. It's also oh, toxic. Yeah. When the ass is gone. God damn it, I can't focus right now. I know. Hey. I'm not on yet. I'm not all the way on yet. You know, I just let it roll though. I thought it'd be fine. Buster Boys. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rant. Howdy. Hi. Hi. I thought I'd give you a little bit of a space jam yeah, like, 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 like a yeah. Esposito. Rand. That's John Rand is actually my great grandfather. Jorn Rand. Yeah, Jorn Rand. Yeah, he's he's my great grandfather. How about that? Not lying. Well, uh, hey, uh, good to be back. We hope you enjoyed the wonderful conversation we had with Eric and Julia Lee Wald of the X-Men animated series. Uh, it's apparently still ongoing on our Twitter page. Oh, yeah, you gotta love it. Yeah, we gotta love it. Thank yeah. you, thank you all. Uh, you, you all are, have been, um, they've been wonderful. Yeah, and for this. Yeah. thank you for your continued engagement on Twitter as well, at X-Men TAS. I realize we are at Brainbuster Boys. I realize we like never say our Twitter handle yeah. or anything. Like we're bad at plugging. Yeah. But yeah, we're on there. Uh, mm. We'll be on Instagram soon. I promise. I'm just. It's been. I've been yeah. lazy. It's not hard to guess. So yeah. you know you can figure it out. Brainbuster Boys. But yeah, thank you to Eric and Julia and for continuing to engage with us and our listeners. And uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, give it a listen. If uh, if you were a fan of X-Men, the animated series, or not. Because, uh, you know, I was someone who was just very vaguely sure. familiar with the show. And just a great conversation about, you know, just storytelling and kind of how the show oh, yeah. started. And uh, fulfillment of a lifelong dream for you. Yeah, yeah. And, like, just, man, like, think about what a summer we've had. You mm. know, uh, like, we, you know, started off, you know, we're like, okay, we knew the Marbez interview was coming Pretty early on in our show, got that done. And even the, before the, that, we get to come back to AEW. Yeah, we got to come back to AEW, and so like we've been able just to do whatever the fuck we wanted, <laughs> and succeed at doing that. Um, we've had the Marvez interview, and then we whooped the we whooped the Limelight interview Whoop. in with them, and then the Lewalds, which was another thing. Lewald. <laughs> then the Lewalds. Then the Leewald interview, you know, which has been a thing since, you know, hit watch time as yeah, we December, sit there. Yeah, December probably. Yeah, so like we've ticked all those boxes off, you know, we've uh, since uh, our kind of whole big saga with WWE kind of, things have been pretty good, man. Like yeah. not going to lie, it's been, a, it's been a great summer. And, and it uh, ended on a good note with Vince, so I mean, yeah. you know, at least 
that wasn't a door that somehow didn't end up shut to us, you know? No, I mean, you know, the WWE thing is obviously something that, you know, we are dealing with in a very particular way that I don't know about. But uh, let's not talk about it, okay? Because uh, we've had a good last week. My sister got married. Yes. Um, man, like... Um, and you're going to be going out of town yeah. next week. Oh, yeah, I'm going on a little vacation, everybody. Uh, you, you'll hear about it on our Twitter, at Brainbuster Boys, if you didn't... Yeah, Remember if you that didn't know, 30... then that's our Twitter handle. Yeah, it's it, it, at Brainbuster Boys. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, guy from Christopher Nolan's Memento. Hey. Tattoo that on you. Hey. But, uh, anywho. Uh... So, with that, we, you know, I've been thinking, do we just take the week off, which we've done before when we've just had shit going on. But I've had a thought of maybe, just maybe, bringing in our first BBB guest host. What would you think about that? Yeah, go for it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we'll see. Like, 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 dude, like, we could, like, 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 take a shit on the road, and it turns into ice cream. Oh, you fuck. know, like, you know. We well, I could take a dump in a box and mark it guaranteed. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that and uh. But we'll see. I mean, I may want the break to, you know, I may relish the time off. But you know, I also love this and talking about wrestling. We'll, we'll, so we'll see. We'll figure it out. You know, we'll, we'll, you know, we will be us, which is a good thing. Um, and uh, another great thing, uh, I guess, let's talk about um, what you're about to hear and what you probably saw that we've announced. Oh yes. With, um, you know, we're very excited to be welcoome, welcoming in a, a, a good friend of another box that we a promise that we made. Yes, and um, our keeping. And just a wonderful, wonderful human being and cat dad and wrestling executive, Mr. Joe Koff. Oh, this is going to be From Ring of Honor. Our good, good friend. I'm honored. great buddy. You are. I mean, this is a podcast of honor here. Yeah, yeah. You know, not just a podcast like Bishop T.W. takes. No. But toxic wrestling takes. Speaking Um, of toxic. (laughs) Fucking Pellegrini. Yeah, well... uh, Anywho, so it's going to be exciting. But know, yes, yeah. Like, like, like with, with uh, Joe Koff, too, I feel like, you know, I like remember you think back in episode 14 where it was like, I don't know. Um, we've come a long way, and I'm glad we got get to honor our commitment with him and bring him on our show. Yeah, you know? and, and again, like, yeah. you know, yeah, if you do recall back to that time, for a while we thought he was maybe our only option, and he'd kind of always had our back at every step of the way, yeah. and has just been such a gracious, good guy. Yeah. and feeds his cats and is just uh yeah just an overall good dude jolly dude we love talking to him and yeah it's gonna be a fun one yeah no it's i mean it's gonna be fun i mean you know we have been smooth sailing through this summer and uh and with joe just kind of want to give you a little so we're just going to kind of talk the history of ring of honor and really kind of teach you about it because i know you don't know too much about ring of honor and a lot of guys you see today in wwe nxt aew made their way through right, there right. at and some this, point. And they have like hot sauce Tracy Williams. Oh, yeah. And, and, so, and we'll talk about, yeah, the current stuff as well and their most recent uh, Best in the World show. We'll hear directly from Joe about that. And we're going to do our, if you recall, um, a Ring of, Ring of Honor match. Um, it's going to be the main event of Final Battle 2018, the latter war between the Briscoes, the Young Bucks, and SCU, which is it's Christopher Daniels and... Kazarian, um, which it's both SCU and the Young Bucks' last match before going to AEW, so a nice bridge from Ring of Honor to AEW, and as of this recording, we have not watched it yet, and I've never seen it, and I know it's one of Joe's favorite matches, um, so we are very excited, and I'm sure it's going to be a brutal war. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a brutal war, and we're going to be enlightened by Joe. And there will be just so much 
honor. Yeah, no, I'm 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 honored. You know, I'm honored. Yeah, you Joe's know, Joe's tight. Yeah, he's cool. I'm trying to find a way to work ring in there. Huh? I'm trying to find a way to work ring because we've been talking about honor. Oh, <laughs> you could easily work the word of in there. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, that's just a you know. We'll just keep that in there. Cool. Um, and then lastly, uh, I know you may not be happy about this, but I feel like we owe Greg Goldman a call. It's been a couple weeks now. We said we'd give him a couple weeks, go through the anger management, just checking in. No offers, no certainties. Like, are you a gent? Are you curious at all to hear how he's doing, or well, do you well, even just care? Oh, of course I am. I mean, you know, like obviously, like. This is a part of us, you know, and like us is really important. And uh, so kind of hoping that he kind of went through what he went through. If he's going to be a part of this, if this is what you want, if this is what we want, um, then, you know, we got to make it work as good as everything else has. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I thought about stuff and uh, let's see if there's a new Greg. Let's sure. see if there's a new Greg, and if there's not, then he's gone. You know, like it's as simple as that. Okay. Like, well, okay. um, I, but I'm know. genuinely curious to hear from him. I hope he's doing okay. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll check in with him here later on in the show. Um, are you ready for AEW Dynamite Fighter? Fe- nope. <laughs> Fight for the Fallen. Why, why do they put them back to back? I don't really know. Confusing. Fighter Fest Night One, Fighter Fest Fight Night, Night Two. Fight. I was. I'm saying Fighter Fight for the Fallen. I guess they had to do Fighter Fest because it was um, fi- a music festival thing. Yeah. Well, so these were their two in 2019. They did Double or Nothing was the first show on pay-per-view. Then they did Free. I think it was Fighter Fest, Free, Fight for the Fallen, and then it was All Out. So yeah. those were kind of the two bridge shows right. in between. So that was the second and third AEW shows ever. So gotcha. I think they want to keep that, you know, keep the names. And, oh, okay. But yeah, it is interesting doing it back to back. But they, to do, back. they do it around the same time of each year. Yeah, they were like to. summer last year. But there was probably a month in between, or 2019, I mean. Okay. But anywho. Uh, oh, it's the same thing with, uh, what was it, FTW and FTR? Yeah. You know? And Brian Cage and and, and, and um, Ethan Page and and, and, and Al- Sage Alvarez and <laughs> Nick Gage and yeah. yeah all the Pages and Cages Christian Cage but yeah anywho shall we yeah let's do it here we go and oh my God is they're they're opening and running through the lineup of the show and they say Nick Gage and Chris Jericho are yep. gonna main event I'm like holy shit they're gonna open with the ten man elimination tag and that's sure what happened I I just figured it would main event because to me it's the biggest fucking thing going on right now but if you're not gonna main event with it you should start with it and that's what they did yeah and we go right into that video oh. Oh, 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 we just watched it right before this yeah. recording. I watched it earlier today and was getting mild goosebumps. But yeah, just the the Dark Order intro with Hangman as the cowboy. And, and kind like of, the Sam Elliott. Like, I don't, it yeah, wasn't Sam Elliott, but, but a like narrator. the similar, yeah, voice, And this, the music to me over. reminded me of like the Kill Bill theme, which is my favorite movie, Collectively 1 and 2. And But it was Hangman's song, but it just gave me that feeling. And yeah, it showed each of the guys and talking about the story and showing more highlights and... Uh, yeah, it was just awesome. Yeah, no, I loved it. I mean, like, definitely got you ready, got you behind these guys, made you believe that they were going to win. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, followed through on the video, followed through on, like, the individual spotlights, and then the hangman horses <coughs> with, like, the purple background. Oh, yeah. Because that, that, this is really, like, the first time where, aesthetically, 
he's with the Dark correct. Order. Correct. Like, he's been with them in person and ally, but, he, but, but, like, and has he done the, the, you know... Well, so he's still doing, like, kind of his thing, but not like that, you yeah. know? So theirs is more the claw. His is almost, almost kind of like an L, but, yeah, yeah. yeah but not to that degree. Right, right. The but, first time he's worn purple, mm. which, oh, oh, I loved it. Just that jacket with the roses, which was referenced a while ago on Being the Elite. Yeah. Oh, I think Silver, like, drew it, or Hangman drew it. I don't remember exactly, but... And then they referenced it last week where they gave him a box yeah. and he couldn't see, you know, whatever. But yeah, amazing stuff. Great intro. And then there's the Elite, who I I enjoyed the very first part of this, just the straight up kind of basketball intro. And both the Young Bucks were listed as six foot six. And like, that's funny. Yeah. And, you know, it's different, but it's like when they come out and they have the Space Jam gear on, and well, then you realize that's what they're going to wrestle well, well, in. Well, and, and it's also like a Warner property. Yeah. You know, which, like, obviously, we talked about how the Space Jam movie got eviscerated for being just a big Warner Brothers IP fest. Mm -hmm. And then you heard Excalibur say, like, watch Space Jam, A New yeah. Legacy on HBO. So, like, but, like, this actually plays into it pretty good because I think it, you know, was supposed to be kind of annoying and long. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think these heels are, like, really digging into just being annoying. For sure. You know, yeah. and, like, like you know, goofy. Yeah, yeah, goofy, yeah, yeah. clown, annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they come out, you know, to, to, to that real Space Jammy song and, and it lasts a really long time. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it just was kind of, you know, lame. And But uh, the highlight was Callus in shorts. Yeah, that was pretty cool <laughs> with his clipboard. Just hilarious. Well, I think Cutler, did Cutler have the clipboard? No, I think Callus did. Yeah, one who went did. to commentary, obviously. Um, but, um, yeah, so then they basically, well, let's just say it. Much to my uh, shock, the elite defeat Hangman Page in the Dark Order in 25 minutes and 35 seconds. Do we do we just want to let's just start by uh, just talking about the ramifications of this because sure. I know you've got some thoughts. Yeah, I've certainly got some thoughts, and then we'll run through the match. But uh, just quickly, Hangman ends up one on three against the Young Bucks and Kenny. He takes out Matt. And then Kenny ends up V-Trigger and one wing Angel after Hangman puts up a hell of a fucking fight. But yeah, Hangman loses, the Dark Order loses. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, like I said um, to you before we recorded this, this was definitely not the most satisfying decision, but this is the more interesting decision. Sure, yeah. And uh, my teacher at um, my MFA creative writing program always told me, that, you know, when in doubt, like, you make the most interesting decisions. So I understand that. Yes. Um, I know it kind of hurts. I know it kind of, like, after all that video and all that build up. The weeks, like, it's, yeah. it, it's It's a gut punch. It, it certainly is probably meant to be one of those. Absolutely, um, yeah. And so, like, now, I guess, a lot of people, I think, are acting like, you know, all the steam's gone out of the story. And, and here's what I think. Um, I think there is a figure Somebody yet to be involved in this story that's going to be a major player okay. that's going to help Hangman like get that back. Okay. You know, somebody like I don't think it's going to be with the current personnel. Do you or know cast who that is? Or have no, I don't. No, I, no, no, I don't. Um, I mean, could it be like I mean, Moxley's already involved in like you know like obviously we'll talk about what he's involved yeah. in later. But like you know, could it be Kazarian? Could it be Kingston? Yeah, you know, could it I be? I feel like those two make yeah. the most sense yeah, given yeah. their history yeah. with the elite. But, yeah. but but yeah, I do think like that's I, I I dig it. Yeah, I think somebody from the outside is going to get involved in this and going to help Hangman get his title shot at All Out. Okay. Yeah, I dig it. 
and don't get me wrong, it's not like I'm upset by the decision, but I'm going to give a little Goldman to you that in my mind, it's slightly illogical booking for now. Okay. I think this could very well end up great. And it will, you know, I have so much faith in Tony Khan that this will end up great. Well, do you think Tony Khan could get involved? Potentially. Could, yeah, yeah, could he like actually like step in as a character? Potentially. And do this be like sort yeah. of the heel? Yeah, because like, like obviously, you know, the Young Bucks and all the, the elite... They're like, you know, they're the new corporate. Yes. You know, they're the corporate, You're but right. not with the name. And like the whole Space Jam thing, it being a Warner property, Warner being a Turner thing. Yep. You know, like that's like, it you know, very well, that, that, he, that, that all lines up with that whole uh, ethos. And, he has uh, been yeah. pretty outspoken of not being a character. But again, you never know. And I'd even heard something where he said the stuff he and Shivani were doing on Impact was like he loved it, but he didn't really want to do that on his show. But I think that's an interesting thought. Um, what I was going to say is I'm fine with the loss and I know it's going to build to something greater. Right. What I don't want to happen is for Kenny to not face Hangman at all out. I think that match has to happen now, win or lose for Hangman. And I still think Hangman will lose, whether it's now or down the line. But that match, it's so hot right now. And we just saw this match and week after week, the crowd is losing it. And it's the most exciting thing going on in wrestling in years, I think, on American weekly television. And could they still do it at full gear and it be amazing and work? Absolutely. But who's Kenny going to face it all out? Christian with a month of build with yeah. no, no prior backstory? Yeah, yeah. But like with no like backstory that's going to like create the potential for a win. Like yeah. at least Orange Cassidy... Like, you know, at the triple threat, like kind of comes out of nowhere, you know, and, yeah. and, and you know that Orange is so popular that like maybe there's the chance that they could, you know, yeah. like lean into that corner. But like yeah. just shoehorning Christian in there now when they've been building this for a month already or whomever it may be. Oh, and yeah. I'll tell you, it's not going to be Daniel Bryan yet. It's not going to be CM Punk yet. But... As long as they get to that match at all out, I'm fully on board. And they can do it a million different creative ways from now until then. So, so I, what, what, what way do you think it will be? In your mind, what's the best way? I honestly don't really know. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they could do another tournament, you know, number one contender tournament, but that's kind of lame. Well, well, who then becomes the number one contender now? I don't know who it is now, because that's the other thing. Like technically, the stipulation was Hangman falls out of the top five with this loss. Right. So and, and I have no idea who would be behind. I him. don't follow the rankings that because, closely. Because not Jungle Boy. Like, would it be like? Yeah, Jungle Boy and Orange are probably still in the mix. I mean, yeah, not I really Pac. don't know. I mean, you know, Ray Phoenix already lost to him. Not Cody. Yeah, we don't follow you know, the rankings. Yeah. Anywho, yeah, who gives I a really fuck about don't rankings? know, and I haven't thought about it that much because I, I don't know. I'm just still. Again, I'm okay with the decision. It's just, I was shocked more yeah. than anything, yeah, which no. is a good thing. Well, I, I like being surprised in wrestling. And again, like I said, I trust these guys and I know it's all going to be fucking beautiful yeah. whenever, however we get there. Well, and you take a risk, like, you know, I think a lot of people probably thought how we thought that they were going to win and to open your show up with that loss. I, I you know? dig it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really and, and, do. Yeah. And I mean, I thought that, that the crowd was still in recovered, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I think let the speculation begin. Like, For sure. Like 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 I said, this is the more interesting decision. Absolutely. And, and I do think like you know, 
with like, you know, you have Revolution, you had all the criticism that went in toward the end of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think like they are, you know, with that happening, I think they are going to, you know, continue to emphasize like they need to have these matches in like, I think it would be, I would be shocked if they didn't have Hangman. I would be too. Kenny. Even after this too, because people are talking about it. And we've got, a, we've got a month, over a month. We've got basically five, six weeks to get there. Yeah. Plenty of time. But yeah, how are they going to do it? I don't know. Haven't spent enough time thinking about it, and I kind of would just don't want to speculate. So, yeah, yeah. but yeah. I'm excited. You know, no matter what, fucking strap me in. I'm still in. Yeah. Well, next week will be interesting to find out because, like, obviously they're not going to abort the plot. No. You know, for next yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. They may be a little separated for a bit, mm -hmm. but yeah. I mean, there's a many, many different ways. Well, they and can then get now there. we have Rampage coming up. Yep. So that means there's going to be double the chances. Yep. You know, for like you know, or double the opportunities for plot movement yep so yeah i'm riveted still no matter what just was very surprised and yes as a fan i was bummed which again that's the these are the best times when it yeah. gets you worked up this much and i've been loving this shit for the majority of my life and when it drums up this much emotion and you whatever that's when it's hitting the hardest yeah. and you know we've been talking about it each of the last three four weeks like this is the best story like i'm fucking hooked yeah and just that intro video man all of it just i love it and just can't wait to see where yeah, it goes yeah, yeah. A, a lot of pageantry and defeat so i think you yeah know, there's got to be some sort of you know there's got to be some sort of payoff that's festering oh you yeah. know that that that, that we're that and it's we're not like get. they're booking this week by week yeah, like yeah. they've had this laid out for a while and they yeah. know what they're doing so i trust and i know it's going to be great yeah yeah and, and you know it's gonna be interesting yeah, and I feel like we've been talking for a while and haven't even mentioned a thing about the match. So let's just, not even going to go through all of it, but just go through some kind of big spots. Um, in the beginning, Alex Reynolds was the first one eliminated, basically after they did the four simultaneous suplexes together, and then Reynolds suplexed Nick Jackson outside onto everyone, and yeah, they yeah. kind of did the domino fall. Um and then, yeah, then they did the Silver and Reynolds, that stunner German suplex, really fast, crazy combo. But then uh, Reynolds got rolled up by Carl Anderson for our first elimination. Yes, yes, that was the first one. And then somehow it ended up like everyone in the Dark Order surrounding Anderson and nobody else was around. I know, yeah, All yeah. of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that they, like, you know, needed to get him out really mm -hmm. quickly. Like the Doc Gallows one was kind of a group effort. That was know? him and Stu. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But, like, um, yeah, that one just kind of seemed a little, like, you know, that they needed to kind of get those guys out. Yeah, they all kind of took turns hitting them, and then Uno and Stu did their move, the fatality. And I did notice that, like, Kenny was up and at ringside and, like, easily could have made the save. Obviously, he's not, but, yeah. like, was literally right there, and it's almost he had to, like, walk away because yeah. he was so close. It just geeked yeah, me yeah, out. This, yeah, this, ma this match had, like, really good moments. It was a little kind of, like, in terms of, like, the potential for safety stuff is a little sloppy. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. wasn't a five-star match by any means. You know, it could have been better, but it was still really good and really fun. No, it hit all the emotional beats it needed to. Exactly. You know, like, I yeah. had a fucking blast watching this still. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned uh, Gallows. Like, Stu had a moment where he was looking awesome in this match, and he ended up doing that twisting dive outside and, like, slammed his head on the ground. Like, oh, kind yeah, of overshot everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I remember Silver, you could see, was, like, going up to him, like, you okay? 
and he was fine some and like then he and gallows all of a sudden are in the crowd and yeah. like Stu is just going nuts our boy beef as we used to call him oh yeah um and then he and gallows get counted out so yeah. then um it is basically three to three at this point and then uno came in and he hadn't really done a whole bunch but he had got some nice moments in with kenny in there right um, hit a nice slam, but then pretty quickly, Kenny hit him with the V-trigger and the one-wing angel, and yeah. he was out. The match began. And then, yeah, exactly. And now it's two on three, and we kind of talked about, we thought it would be Hangman and Silver, yeah. at least two on, you know, at the end for the Dark Order. So yeah, game on. And uh, right before the commercial, here's another, our first subtle uh, CM Punk reference, or not so subtle, Nick Jackson hits the running or the running knee into the corner into the bulldog, which is just a move he would always do. Yeah. The first of many CM Punk references on this show. We get back from the break and Silver is just going berserk. Yeah. He's kick running and kicking everyone and just doing all the things we miss John Silver doing. Just one of those insane flurries of moves where he's going hundred miles an hour oh, for and sure, just yeah. killing everyone. Yeah. Just whooping the young bucks ass. <laughs> Hell yeah. He whooped him. He hits that airplane spin on Nick. And haven't even mentioned this yet, but this crowd the whole time was smoldering. Like, they were going nuts the whole time. And it just made it that much more exciting, yeah. especially when Silver really got going. Um, and then we get definitely the lamest part of the match to me when the Young Bucks hit their indie Taker move onto Silver on the outside and Nick tried to dunk the basketball. Fuck and, that shit, okay. And missed. Yeah, like yeah, that was I'm so not, dumb. Well, I had a big conversation with uh, Borship Tordover Torx. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I was talking to him and he was like, ah, oh, you know, like I get the Young Bucks, you know, they're like clowns and stuff, but sometimes they're missed dunks and I was like, I feel you, man. Yeah. You know, but I was like, you know, have you ever tried dunking on a seven foot goal? You miss shit all the time, bro. <laughs> you know, I love him though. Oh, yeah. Thank you, but yeah, Bishop. that was just pretty lame, I thought, even beyond healed him. Um, but yeah. then... Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was going to just express agreement. Yeah. And uh, then the Bucks hit the BTE trigger on Silver, and he's gone, and it's one on three. And then now I know, like, okay, he's not winning this match. They're not going to do this. But then in my mind now, I'm like, okay, now Hangman's got to pin Kenny. Yeah. And then the Elite still win, because then that would justify the singles match. Uh -huh. But that did not happen. Um, but this was just such an awesome sequence. Again, like, Hangman was just getting the shit beaten out of him here. Like, yeah. double super kicks, triple super kicks, V-triggers. He's kicking out of everything. Yeah. Uh, and the crowd is losing it. Cowboy shit going nuts. There's a 450 splash by Nick. He ends up clawing back, hitting a double clothesline on the Bucks, and then his signature top rope moonsault onto the outside. And then he ends up hitting a double buck shot on the Bucks, and he gets the pin on Matt, which is great because he and Matt have had this thing going on. So, yeah, fuck Matt. Uh, and then Kenny picks up the AEW belt, and referee Nick, Nick, Rick Knox uh, takes it away. Nick Knox. Nick rocks. Nick rocks. Hell yeah. And then he grabs another one of his belts, and Hangman's able to hit the dead eye, which I'm like, in my mind, maybe there's a chance he pins him, but no, he does not. Um, and then Nick kind of grabs his leg, and Kenny ends up clocking him with the second belt, which gets a very, very close near fall, very exciting kick out. But then two V-triggers into the one-winged angel, and that's that. And we've already talked about it all. You got anything else to say? Uh, no. Uh, I mean, like, 
I guess over overall, like this match, uh, you know, hit the right emotional beats it needed to hit. Yes. You know, and it had like the subversion at the very, you know, with, with the lot, like with the one on three where you kind of knew. Yep. Um, you know, it wasn't the most technically clean execution of that, and no. like I read um, on the recap that I read that like you know AEW doesn't try this like five v five eliminator match very often. Yeah. You know, so they uh, have, I don't think they've done uh, like they big not? elimination like, like match a classic like one. that. Yeah. So uh, you know, like it was a little like sloppy at times in terms of its you know kind of the ebb and the flow and who got out when and stuff yeah. like that and how they got out. But uh, ultimately, it hit the right emotional beats and it was both satisfying and I killing this word to death, but interesting. Very much. Yeah, Very yeah, good. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I really enjoyed the match again. It was. You know, not the best match in the world, but just very compelling, um, very exciting, especially when it got to the two on three point. And Hangman just, again, just looked incredible. Like, yeah. just doing it all. You know, what a performance. The guy's just one of the best in the world right yes. now. And uh, I just can't wait to see him get the belt as you pour yourself a glass of whiskey. Hangman, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whiskey Hangman Kentucky Tavern whiskey. So then we get Pack interviewed by Alex Marvez with no Penta or Phoenix because apparently some anonymous individual canceled their car from the airport. I guess they couldn't get an Uber. Oh, they couldn't. Yeah, I wonder who that is. I wonder. Yeah, yeah. In comes Andrade and Chavo, mm -hmm. and uh, they say they ordered a limo for them. Yeah. And, uh, this pack is a broke ass. Yeah. <laughs> he just can't afford one. <laughs> like, did he just get yeah. a yellow cab? And they were like, this won't do. Yeah. This won't do yeah, like this, this story could have been a little better. You know, couldn't yeah. get a ride from the airport. Well, well I, I do think it's at least an interesting take other than Andrade being like, I'm going to whoop your, like, trying to pull them away from pack. Yeah, I agree. Because, like, you know, like, that, like that, that, that's interesting. And, like, I could see, like, their wrestling styles sort of meshing with what Andrade does a good bit. Um... But uh, but yeah, I mean, this is an interesting thing for them to do. Yeah, you know, like like, but yeah, the execution, obviously. Um, I just can't wait uh, to see the matches. Uh, I don't know. I imagine one of them is going to happen at All Out. You know, maybe Pack and Andrade's kind of seemed like the one they're well, yeah, building I, the most, maybe. But yeah, and I think like one of those one or one, if not both of those guys, are going to like turn. Really? You know? Yeah, I, I think so. Like, I think, like, you know. And join Andrade. I mean, it would make sense to give him someone else and another luchador, but I don't want to see it happen. Yeah, yet. I don't want to see it happen, but I think, like, that, uh, at least looking at it, the principle of, like, Who the, more, inter the Penta, more interesting. Penta, you think? Penta, like, at least has been involved in the most drama, I feel like, with Eddie Kingston and stuff. Ray Phoenix is just, like, a good wrestler. Penta's who's, like, more there. the natural heel. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. So I think Penta could. And Ray Phoenix is just kind of more of the, yo, I'm here to wrestle. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it's exciting stuff. And then we get Taz looking like he's on the old Bad News Barrett podium, getting ready to introduce Ricky Stocks, the new FTW world champion. And they come out, and there's the big band playing, and they got the roses. The and New Orleans Jazz Yep, is what it is. Swanky. And uh, why don't you give us a good old-fashioned hook look? Hook, look. Oh, okay. So, um, he was in his classic wife beater thing, but I don't know. He had, like, the really big white boy biceps that were, He's like... He's looking you know, more jacked oh, by the week. Oh, Lord. He looks like the fucking, like, you know, high school football edge rusher who, like, you know, who the coach fed too much creatine, you know... 
Like he's got like his girlfriend, you know, that he's got his arm around all the time, you know, in the hallway at the dance, and it's just like hell yeah. Bro. I don't know, uh, like like that, that that that's kind of hook right now, like the Gen Z version of that. Yeah, you know. Well, as Don Callis from New Japan in 2018 would have said. He's added 15 pounds of lean muscle, Kevin. He's shredded. Well, I think like he he, he you know um, sort of drowned himself in his hoodies, and now he's yeah, gonna, you know, got he's the, not a very big guy. That no. you know, he's pretty lean, but he's just jacked. Yeah, as he's hell jacked. Right yeah, he's now. not he's not very tall. And I mean, I guess there's part of me that thinks like, well, like is can he not talk? Is he like uh, he said it, very few words? Yeah, yeah. Is he like a lot like are like. I can't, I have a hard time believing he's like lying in wait for like, you know, some sort of like big explosion. Like, oh, here's the yeah. everybody. But, but you like, think he's going to wrestle at some yeah, point. Yeah, he, he, he is. But I think like he just, you know, is still in the fucking like larva or the pupa stage. Yeah. You know, like. I think he's a pretty big phenomenon on Reddit these days. Really? Yeah. I mean, it kind of a half joking, half serious way. But people, people want themselves some hook. Well, and and I, I agree. And also, I mean, we've been compelled. We have been compelled, and you know, but by his look, by his sort of vague, just um, all of Final it. Fantasy character, you know, looking thing. Yep. And he could play Cloud in a movie, but um, anywho. So then, Ricky Sark says one of my favorite lines of the show. Let's hear it. He's like, "Powerhouse Hobbs is out recruiting." Yeah. It's like, what is he like? A fucking college football coach? Is he like I out thought there? That was curious as well. Yeah. It's like, it's like, is he like going into people's parents' house, yeah. sitting down for dinner? You should join Team Taz. Yeah, yeah, you should join Team Taz. It's like, great. Like, yeah, Taz will be your surrogate father here at AEW. Come on, like, son of a bitch. Well, not only that, he said Hobbs would love this. But he's out recruiting. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that didn't come up on the group text but, 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 last but, night. But like, what happened with? Because obviously, like, I don't know what's if, going if something on with bad Hobbs. happened. I feel like it would we would have heard about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it's got to be something like really trivial. I mean, it could just be yeah, that took the week off or whatever. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, like some really dumb. But yeah, trivial. he was out recruiting. So Starks basically, this guy Stalks is a fucking. Stalk. Oh yeah, he was popping off. He's great. Love him. Always have. Always he's like will. A geyser. He says, "Ooh, he's been the glue and the anchor of Team Taz. He's solved problems that Cage caused. He's just firing on him. Cage didn't check on him when he got hurt his neck, and he's selfish. Starks knows how to be a star. Duh. Which Cage has never been for 17 years, and of course." Here comes Cage, yeah, yeah, and he fucking hammers two of the guys in the band, and it just oh yeah, he out. takes the drum and puts it over someone's head yeah. like it's Looney Tunes. Yeah, and then my favorite thing, he goes up and grabs the trombone, yep. and like snaps it over his leg, and so. To our text thread, I text Micah. I'm like, Micah, how do you feel about that brass instrument destruction? He's like, that's $1,500 yeah. gone. Great answer. Well, yeah. Great answer, too, because I had no idea brass instruments were there. But it either. makes perfect sense, yeah, though. Yeah, I didn't either. You know, like, 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 you know, those have to be kind of expensive to, you know, it's metal shit. But Micah's so toxic. He's disgusting. He was so toxic on that thread yeah, last well, night. Well, well, I mean, it was two days after he got out of jail, so he had a lot to, Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> drunk idiot. Yeah, so um, and then yeah, basically Starks uh, ran away uh, like heels do. Yeah, and, and we're if if Babyface Cage is midnight, we're at about ten o'clock. Yeah, you know I'd say. But yeah, this was a fun segment, and it looks like they're gonna have another match. Uh, perhaps it all out. Perhaps before, probably before. Yeah. But uh, yeah, fun stuff. And then we get a video promo from the Ace Hiroshi Tanahashi. Love it. 
his second time having like a video on Dynamite, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, says he's won a lot of titles, but he's never won the IWGP US title, and he is going to challenge the winner of Lance Archer and Hikaleo. Your thoughts? <laughs> I know you love the. I don't think you've seen any of his matches. No, I haven't seen that. Uh, like, believe. like, like, obviously, like what I read on TJRWrestling.net, which uh, nice play. Yeah, shout out there. to John Canton and the wonderful folks at TJR Wrestling, yeah. um, one of the first wrestling websites I really got into. Yeah, yeah, no, really helpful. Um, yeah, we were always read your re- weekly recaps and we t- when we take notes. Well, it helps me seem competent, and uh, you Hell know, yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah, no, that seems pretty exciting, you know, um, and especially in light of the Archer's current match this week, which uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, so I wish the match uh, would be in AEW, but they said... It is New Japan, right? Yeah, yeah, but I think it's going to be at Resurgence, which is a show in America, mm. but it is technically a New Japan match, but we will have more okay. on that here shortly. And... Then we go to FTR defeating Santana and Ortiz in eleven in an abrupt eleven minutes nine seconds. Um, I really was in, starting to enjoy this match and get into this match, but the abrupt ending—I didn't even realize it last night because we had the text thread. I'd had a few drinks, had a couple edibles. You know, there was a lot of things going on, and uh, yeah. didn't notice uh, Cash Wheeler's injury oh, last which night, which severe. is what led to. You know, I'm looking at my phone. They, they and, had an improv, which, yeah, which led to the brainbuster conclusion, which the brainbuster finished, which you gotta love. I think that's the first match we've seen end on a brainbuster. Oh yeah, which like it was Santana, right? Who was done to? Correct. Yeah, which yeah, like Harwood on to Santana. Which he sold that like it was the brainbuster to end yeah. all thought. You know, to to to, to end existentialism. Period. Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a fun match. Uh, just unfortunate. We hope Wheeler's okay. You, I didn't see it, but you said there's a pretty grotesque. Yeah, there's there's a pretty um, on his elbow. Kevin Ware esque, like not, not, oh. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're we're like you know. Was it? I guess it was just like a big cut, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He hit the he hit the corner. But you like God, I, I hate to describe this, but you can see <laughs> you can see like the white of the bone, like um. Like like with the Kevin Ware injury, yeah, I'm sure a lot um, of people out you know, there have it, seen it. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it wasn't as much of you know it was, but yeah, you know just what I'm a freak about. thing. Yeah. yeah, that's unfortunate, and you know we've been looking forward to this match for such a long time. Um, I'm wondering if it was like I'm sure it was supposed to get at least a few more minutes. I don't know where they would have cut time from in this show, um, but. Yeah, it was fun, just unfortunate, and I'm sure we're going to see it again at some point, but who knows how long Wheeler's going to be out. Um, Ortiz and Wheeler started the match, and it was solid, but I feel like things really picked up with Santana and Harwood. Yeah. And yeah, Santana, I felt like, was just really had the fire this whole match mm-hmm. and hit a lot of suplexes, and I feel like there were a ton of power bombs in this match. Yeah. Um, one thing I love that Harwood does, the old Bret Hart, and actually Jim Ross even referenced it when he gets thrown into the corner and he runs sternum first into uh-huh. the turnbuckles, yeah. which nobody does that anymore. Love that. Then he got kind of flipped over. Um, they it, Ortiz had a powerbomb into a Santana frog splash that was pretty nice. Uh, but yeah, overall, I thought this was just a very solid back-and-forth match that could have been much better than it was. But unfortunately, the injury to Cash, and I hope he's okay. It has a speedy recovery, and that we can see this match uh, to its fullest. Because I've said it before, I want, wish they could get 20 minutes and just slug it out. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it was just kind of quite unfortunate that injury happened, which it looked very grisly. Mm. Also interesting, I thought Santana and Ortiz would win, potentially setting up, now knowing that the Dark Order lost yeah. and aren't going to challenge, potentially setting up Santana and Ortiz versus the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I've also noticed with Inner Circle v. Pinnacle matches, there's an ebb and a flow. Like, I feel like not one stable wins you know like all their like matchups on a dynamite yeah you know like you never see inner circle sweep it you never see the pinnacle yeah usually one wins one and another wins another so you know obviously that prefaces what happens later but anywho but yeah interesting to see what will happen and who will challenge the young bucks at all out i mean again i guess they could still do a dark order thing but We'll see. I yeah. thought I thought Santana and Ortiz would have made sense as baby faces, as we've talked about before. Yeah. And then we get a very brief Dr. Britt Baker DMD promo with Tony Schiavone. And apparently she was hurt in the last match. And broke her arm, allegedly, or that could just be a lie. Because yeah, yeah. she's a heel. Kind yeah. of. I doubt it. Anymore. Uh, but yeah, this was fun. It was brief. Uh, she mentions the arm... Obviously, it's not a bad enough injury for her to give up the title or anything like that, which is good. But unfortunately, that it seems like Britt has had now three or four like pretty major, you know, quote unquote major injuries in her tenure. So, well, maybe they'll sit her out and like I think like I, I think we're heading for a Thunder Rosa match. Absolutely, and all out. yeah, yeah. Well, again, if she can even wrestle it all out, I don't know if it's really a broken arm. Probably keep her out a little longer than five weeks. So. Yeah. Maybe they do a number one contenders match there if Britt can't go. But um, And then we get the announcement of the first dance, August 20th, Rampage at the United Center, which I guess is noteworthy. And I knew it's been a while, but Azar said something on the group text about it being the first wrestling show at the United Center. I think he said... Or usually at DePaul's Arena or yeah. Rosemont. Yeah, Rosemont's one there at a lot. Yeah, Since like that? 99 or 2000. Which, it's been a long time. Well, well that's good because like at least DePaul's Arena is like downtown. Rosemont's like way the fuck out. Yeah. Which sucks. You got to take the L like all the way out there. And the United Center is kind of just like in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Area, so, 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 so that or DePaul's Arena are always fine with me. Yeah, you know? but I just didn't realize it had been that long. And obviously CM Punk is from Chicago. CM Punk chants all over the place. This seems to be, I mean, they could be trolling a little bit, but this seems to be the spot I, I, that I they're think it's, debut him. I think it's impossible for them to be trolling. Like, yeah, man, I know. Like, like, you cannot, like, you know, fan the internet flames to get this big. <laughs> Just to like have blue well, balls. So the only like 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 like, like, that, like you cannot do that as a company. The troll job you know? would be to debut him at All Out, which right. is also in Chicago. But, is what I mean. Oh, he's, gotcha, he's coming. Gotcha, gotcha. He yeah. is coming. Yeah, him. And, and, but and, and it's I, gonna be at one of those two shows. And Daniel Bryan too. It's like you know you would have to snuff that out absolutely from a PR standpoint. Which that's rumored to happen at the the Arthur Ashe New York show. That seems to be uh, when the, he's uh, gonna the, debut. The Goldman, the Goldman show Classic, yeah. Um, but yeah. Even more, they doubled down on it with Darby's promo right after, basically saying, um, you know, a lot of people claim to be the greatest, and there's only one place to do it, and that's right here in AEW, even if you think you are the best in the world, which is what CM Punk claimed to be all the time. Which this is a good wrestler for him to come in with, like, oh, yeah. you know, with like Darby and Sting. Yep. Like, that makes a lot and of sense. And apparently he had said on... Uh, Renee Paquette's podcast, which is Moxley's wife, that mm. 
if he were to ever come back to wrestling, that Darby Allen is one of the guys he would really. Want to that's wrestle. really cool. Apparently, I read that somewhere. That's rad. So. Yeah. No, I think that, that that'll be a fun match. So yeah, if he comes, if he comes at the first dance, there's a possibility that match could be it all out, and that means there's a possibility that he could be at the September eighth Dynamite here in Cincinnati. So yeah, there's a chance we may get to see CM Punk here, which would be just fucking fantastic. No, it would be wonderful. I mean, man, it's just right down the street from University Avenue, where I've made millions of bets. We could walk. We'll probably probably pregame at your crib and walk over there. It'll be great. Gregory Boyasco. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, regardless of who's there, can't fucking wait for that. CM Punk is coming though, and it's going to be wonderful. Yes. And then we get Lance Archer defeating Hikaleo in 7 minutes, 16 seconds in a match Jim Ross referred to as Bowling Shoe Ugly. That's about all I got. Well, you know, um, I think one thing that really did it in beyond the ugliness of what occurred in the ring was the fucking picture-in-picture. The commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, like, you know, just wedging that right in the middle of it. And it's only a seven-minute match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It killed everything. And, like, you know, it A, you know, Archer's going to win it. Like, like, you know that going into it. But it just, like, took any sort of dramatic air out of it. Agreed. And, yeah, I think, like, you know, um, production-wise... As like, Azar uh, said, uh, the commercials were the biggest heel last night. Exactly. There were, there, were, there were two in the first match, which we didn't even mention. Yeah. yeah. Just poorly timed. You know, like they could have found a way to move that commercial I, to show all seven minutes oh, yeah, of that oh, match. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. These commercials made this a seven to 7.5 show mm-hmm. versus like a eight to nine. Yeah. You know, in my opinion. Yeah. So, again, the match wasn't terrible, but we only saw probably four minutes of it. You know, there wasn't a ton of fluidity, but I feel like they worked hard and... You know, it was a lot of just clotheslines well, and kicks big and punches. Dude match, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, hell, Hikaleo is like 6'10. Yeah. Archer's about 6'8. Um, but yeah, we at least got to see the Archer rope walk into the moonsault, which is always fun. And then he ends up hitting the blackout on the second attempt. And that is that. And then we get our good buddy, Marvez, trying to interview Cody at his fancy. <laughs> That is, we're keeping that. Fancy. It is fancy. <laughs> EVP chair. And quickly comes Malachi Black attacking him. And interesting to note that uh, when Cody was landing some punches, he was getting booed. And Black was getting he was cheered. Per, you know, he was per, Cody was profusely booed. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, it's kind of interesting because, like, I went from being, like, the boo Cody guy to, yeah. like, the... Like, I get Cody now. Yeah. But it's like... But it's been a little stale of late. You know, I think the feud with the factory did that. It was ass. Yeah. (laughs) It was a bullshit feud. Well, 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 and like, you know, the best stuff I've seen Cody do in AEW was like the Darby Allen fight and things like that. Which is like episode two shit. Yeah, and we know? we need to watch the Cody versus Dustin match at some point from the first double or nothing that was just amazing. But yeah, he's just been a little cooled lately, and I think this feud is exactly what he needs to get back to the forefront. But yeah, could they maybe turn him heel? You know, I, but Black is certainly being presented as a, a heel, but the fans love him. Um, I would love to see a heel Cody, and I'm sure the crowd would too. Yeah, no, I think that could be good, like, you know. But I don't know if they'll do what if, it. What if he helps the elite in some bullshitty thing, you know, because he's, like, obviously... Well, he was be... a former member, too. Yeah, yeah, so, 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 yeah. So, so I think, like, he could maybe, like, you could turn him, he'll have him lose to Malachi Black, which will happen. 
I hope you know, so. Which one would hope? The ninety percent chance. I hope. And so. um, you could you could have him lose to that, have him fuck off, and then like go, you know, like you know, fuck with the elite thing. You know, like that could be some great fuel to the fire, especially if Hangman is going to lose it all out. Yeah, and when know? even on the other side, if he doesn't turn heel, like he and the elite have to cross paths at some point. They were together in New Japan and Ring of Honor and all that. They were kind of together when they all came here, but Cody's certainly gone his own way. But it has to happen. It's like he and Kenny have to have a match at well, some point. Well, he yeah, and yeah. Hangman have to have a match yeah, at yeah, some yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, what the, like, you know, he loses to Malachi Black. Like, are we going to do like a trilogy of matches? No. Like, let him go, like, be some sort of, you know, like, especially that they have this big corporate arc going on. Like, yeah. you know, let him join in on that. Like, it will, like, add fuel to that fire. And, like, just make that better, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. I doubt it's going to happen, but I'd like to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we get that match next week, which I'm sure should be really good, I hope. Yeah, no, oh, and also I'm Mal- excited for that. Yeah, yeah, also Malachi Black fucking black mass kicked Fuego Del Sol as he came out. He hammered him. Yeah. Went Book. down like a sack of bricks. Clocked. And uh, we get a promo from God's Favorite Champion, the Redeemer Miro, which... You're right, there is some green on the belt, the white TNT belt. I didn't see any purple, but it's definitely got the green, like, strip where it says champion. Well, well, it almost looked like Dark Ordery colored. Kind of does. But I think it looks sick. Uh, Not as tight as my original beautiful red one over there. Um, What does the sound go? Yeah, we've heard that one many a times. Um, but Miro just cuts a classic. He's kind of funny. I like him. I love this version of Miro compared to the Kip Sabian video game oh, bullshit. Dude, like the Zangief Miro. Yeah, talks about his wife being double jointed, and yeah, it's great. So, but, so, so, um, what's his next fight again? Because I, I, Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson. Uh, he's gonna, he's whoop gonna his ass. smoke. Yeah. Like, so like, he hasn't really had like a legit challenger, but that's kind of what the TNT title has always been. It's a an opportunity for kind of anyone who, to, you know, get these shots. Who but do you think is going to be his first legit challenger? I don't know. I feel like they got to have someone at all out, but... He'd be like sure. like a Jungle Boy or, uh, you know... Uh, I mean, we've talked about Cage, but clearly Cage. that's not going to happen yet. Yeah, he's too mired in the FTW stuff. Like I think Perhaps that... Christian, you know? I don't know. He's, he's winning a lot. Yeah. Like, uh, they've been touting that he's undefeated, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I feel like they got to have a pretty big match lined up for All Out. Speaking of Christian, Christian and the Jurassic Express. <laughs> Jurassic Express. Christian and the Jurassic Express defeat the Hardy family office consisted of Angelico, Isaiah Cassidy, and Mark Quinn of Private Party with Matt Hardy in 4 minutes, 40 seconds. Not a ton to say here. <laughs> We're just... Sucking them, sucking them down tonight. Yeah. <laughs> which is pretty cool. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Mm. Uh, you know, not a ton to say about this match. It was quick. It was fine. It was fun. Um, like I, I read one thing on TJRWrestling.net. They're just really yeah. putting them over yeah. tonight, baby. Well, yeah, exactly, putting them over. Like yeah. you know, and actually, um, the term "putting them over" was yeah. something that I didn't really understand before yeah. this week. And so, like, in hearing you guys talking about that and then reading about that, like, now I get it. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like I've said it enough, but never really explained it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It. yeah. But, but, but now I get, like, what Matt Hardy's doing. It's all, like, putting him over. Yeah. You know, like, that's sort of the Hardy family office's MO, you know, like, in winning and in losing. So, uh... I mean, like, obviously, like, Jungle Boy... Like, Luchasaurus was, was one of my... I was gonna say, fit- that was the biggest note of the match, is yeah. how... 
So he's been hurt for a bit, but while they're pre-COVID, like he was so over with the crowd, like everyone loved him. Um, and it was nice to see him getting those chants again and he hit that triple German suplex. But yeah, he's fucking awesome. Yeah, and like like this was my favorite match of his in a while. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, like this is like, you know, kind of, you know, in terms of me and my noob wrestlingness. Yeah. Um, how I can, like, you know. Like, that's what Matt Hardy's kind of here for. He's sort of the fulcrum yeah. to go all the way back to, yeah. like, a oh, episode yeah. two term. Absolutely. You know, he's kind of, you know, um, putting these guys over. And I kind of understand what the role of a match, you know, like this is. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the most interesting thing in the world. But it was fine. But, but but yeah, it was fine. And I understood. I mean, it was under five minutes. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. for what it was, it was all right. Yeah, and I understood the role of it. Yep. So. And then after the match... We get a hooded uh, person uh, with a bit of a mask on coming and clocking Christian. And what do you know? It's our good friend, the Blade, with the old knuckle duster. I know you've got some things to say about this. So, like, I'm tired of this asshole. Your boy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. He just, like, Azar was like, oh, yeah, he's the type of guy who would, like, pour, like, cheap liquor into an expensive liquor container. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, there, there's a stereotypical U of L fan. Like that, Matt Jones, who is head of who owns OBW, um, talks about that is like, oh yeah, you this and I and I know you've seen this fan at tailgate. Oh yeah. And they drink Crown Royal. Oh and yeah. They smoke cool cigarettes. Hell yeah. And they're these like white dudes from the South End. You oh know, yeah. And they're wearing flat bills. Like yeah. Hell yeah. You know and. Uh, so, like, the Blade reminds me of one of those guys you'd see at tailgating who would, like, fight you at a moment's instance. Yeah, he's a tool. The Butcher's way tighter. I'm guessing the Butcher's on tour with his band. Yeah, with Every Time I Die. Yeah, because yeah, he yeah. hasn't been around in a while, yeah. and I didn't. He, I guess he could be hurt, but uh, hopefully he comes back soon. Which another, like, uh, band touring thing that I realize is, like, Fozzie's going on tour. Yeah. So, like... This is kind of always... Ha- so, Jericho, you know, take a month off here, two months off there, so... Yeah. But I know they've just been doing kind of one-off shows, but, yeah, he'll miss a little time. Gotcha. Um, and then we get a quick little Nick Gage video showing just the crazy maniac that he is, and uh, then a Varsity Blondes promo with Julia Hart, which was fun. And then we have Thunder Rosa defeating... Julia Hart in four minutes, four seconds. So it's like we have, you know, all these kind of matches in the middle that are very kind of short and they're all fine. But, you know, this was built, this was really a three-match show. And it's unfortunate that the FTR-Santana-Nortiz match ended the way it was. But, again, this was fine. Thunder Rosa dominated. She got a great pop from the crowd. Because this is her first match officially official, in AEW. Yeah, yeah, AEW match. And, again, love to see that ovation because she's awesome. Always been one of our yeah. favorites. Julia Hart, I think she's like 19 or 20. Like, she's got a lot to learn, but she's fine. She's good enough to be out there and job out. And she does her fun little cartwheel into the clothesline. And she, like, cheers after she does a move. And yeah. it fits the vibe of what they're doing. But, uh, yeah, Thunder Rosa ends up putting her in a submission hold, hitting a drop kick in the corner, and the Thunder Driver, and that's it. Um, And, yeah, hopefully she will either face Britt Baker or potentially be in a number one contenders match at All Out because we need to see her in more big matches. And then we got a great promo from Jen Moxley, who's got business in Tokyo, but his calls have been unanswered. And he calls out Tanahashi. Love it. Says he's been dodging him and eventually says, screw you. And he sent a stack of contracts to Japan. So we'll see who comes that forbidden door. But 
Whoever it is, there's nothing good waiting for him on the other side. And this has fueled speculation of a potential Moxley-Tanahashi match at All Out. Yeah. The, which the, would certainly be tremendous. Yeah, no, that seemed, um, at least from what I read online, like very, uh, very solidified, you know. Uh. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I mean, that would be amazing if it happened. But Azar brought up an interesting point. So Japan still has quarantine restrictions. Oh in yeah, place. yeah. With the Olympics. So the G one starts on September eighteenth. This match is on September fifth. Oh, just wow. shy of two weeks. Okay. Now I don't know if maybe he would compete on the second day or what it but it's it's cutting it close, but again, all signs I think Dave Meltzer even kinda said, Yeah, this match is gonna happen. So very, yeah. very exciting. And again, Tanahashi, 44 right now, but he's still, you've met, heard me mention it, he's had two five-star matches with Shingo this year. So the guy can fucking go, and it'll be a great match if this does happen. Oh, yeah, it seemed very concrete from what I read, mm -hmm. you know. So let's go in to the main event. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this one, where the pain maker, Chris Jericho, defeats that greaseball Nick Gage in 13 minutes, 40 seconds in a death match. Um, what, did you, what did you think? Is I, this something that you enjoyed? Is it uh, too much? I'm not, no, I actually enjoyed it a lot. Good. Um, yeah, so I, did like, I thought it was fun. Like, I did enjoy it. Um, it contrasted with what I read whenever people were like, Chris Jericho is above this. Yeah. They're like, he doesn't need to do, like, matches where he gets cut in the face with the yeah. pizza cutter and all this stuff. But, like, for me, at least, you know, from my relative lack of familiarity with um, his career and everything. I've, and I've never seen Nick. This is the first Nick really? Gage match I've is ever it? seen. Oh, Correct. man. I'm not, um, I don't really seek out the deathmatch stuff. I've certainly heard of him. But have never seen one of his matches, so. Yeah, no, I thought, like, you know, it had, like, some very good climactic moments. Like, For the pizza sure. cutter thing, like, immediately cuts him with the pizza cutter. Which goes like immediately, and then, well, then ends yeah. up slicing him in the head, which goes immediately into a Domino's commercial as well. Not to jump ahead, but that Which was Domino's so was pissed! Yeah, you'd mentioned that, but I just thought that was so, literally slicing him in the head with a pizza cutter, and then immediately into the Domino's commercial. Yeah. Uh, but and then also when we got back from the commercial, the pane of glass which Gage was setting up with Jericho under it, and he ends up hurricane running through the glass. I right, thought that was right. a cool moment. Gage ends up pile driving Jericho on yep. the glass. See, I wasn't super impressed with Gage because he was like, "Oh yeah, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna pull out these like yeah. like fluorescent bulbs." You know, it's just kind of like an escalation yeah. of brutality. I mean, he did hit some wrestling matches in the beginning. I mean, he hit like a spine buster and like a falcon arrow at one point. But yeah, I mean, more than anything, he's just a weapons guy. Oh yeah, well, it's just like you know, how much can we make Chris Jericho bleed in this yeah. match? Yeah, you know, and and I mean, that's what we were teed up for, and that's what we got. And yeah. I, uh, you know, honestly, I enjoyed that, like, for, like, what this is. I did, too. Yeah, yeah. it's not something I want to see every week or every month. You know, I don't necessarily, like I said, I don't seek it out, but I was entertained. It's I watch one every few yeah. months. Like, yeah. that was fun. Yeah, you know, and, like, well, next match, I guess, do we want to go ahead and say what we're doing? Uh, or what they're doing? Well, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the light tubes, though, because sure. we didn't really talk. So, he gets out the light tubes, which he's known for. Jericho starts slamming Gage with Floyd, and um, but uh, yeah, then the light tubes come out. I think he hammers one in the shoulder, and then he hits him in the head, and it starts bleeding a lot. I mean, 
had you probably had never seen the light tubes before. Like, I feel like aesthetically, no, it's no. really cool. Like, it looks great, you know, because there's glass everywhere. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like a good, like, you know, shattering material that's not going to be, like, fatal. Or and it kind of like turns that. into dust, but... Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, real quick. Well, and they're, like, big, long. Yeah, you know, it yeah. looks good. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I thought this was fun, too. Um, but then, yeah, remember this match ended with, uh, well, first he had, Gage had, like, what looked like an icicle, but just part of a light tube and was, like, jamming it. And they're, like, it looks like a steak or a shank or whatever. Well, it was, like, Mox with the fork last y week. Yeah. Um, but, but then it went into Jericho having the green mist in his mouth and spitting that on Gage, and then he hits him with the Judas effect. Yes. And that's it. And then there's one final CM Punk reference as MJF it says, as you sit there in more pain than you've ever been in your life, I need you to listen to me. Which isn't the exact verbiage, but very, very close that CM Punk said to John Cena in his famous pipe bomb promo, which we will definitely have to watch sometime. Yeah, I read about that. This so love that. And basically says labor number three, you have to hit a move off the top rope to win. And then he cues up a tape from last year where Jericho mentions something about Juventud Guerrera and MJF's like, who? And... Somehow, the third labor of Jericho is none other than Juventud Guerrera. Is this someone you remember from your time? Not at all. Not he at would all. have been around like 97, yeah, um, 98, yeah. 99 well, and, WCW. And, and what I'm most interested in is like, you know, obviously this match was like bloody spectacle. Like, you know, for me, it's like, what's going to be more interesting? Is it going to be this like, oh yeah, like, do you have to perform a wrestling move? Yeah. An actual wrestling move off the top rope to win. Yeah, I don't know, you know? what, well, I, I don't well, like, know. Like, I'm curious what's going to be more interesting to me. Yeah, and you know, I don't know what like, that, yeah. what that exactly means either. Like, yeah. what are the limitations? Like, is it a superplex? Is it a flipping move? Like, or is that end the match? Or you just have to do that in order to pin them? yeah. yeah. I and just, just the ch so let me just get this sure, out. Sure, yeah, I loved Hooventude in '98. Like yeah. he was this awesome luchador, and the cruiserweights in WCW were great. Loved that guy. Jericho actually beat him at Super Brawl in 1998 to unmask Hooventude Guerrera. So they have that lineage. Right. I'm still. I think this is a very curious choice. Hooventude is like 47. I mean Jericho's 50, but it's like he's been. I just looked up, he had like a couple matches last year, a few in 2019, but had been largely like out of wrestling for a long time. And yes, he's a bit of a name, and yes, he's a draw, and yes, I'm excited. Don't get me wrong, I'm very excited. It's going to be a ton of fun, and I'm sure it'll allow Jericho to kind of go back to his lucha roots to some degree, because a lot of his early career was in Mexico, but... Really? Like, I'm just a little let down. Like, that's the best they well, could do. Well, 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 I think, like, the stipulations of this match were a little bit more interesting. Mm. Like, what if Paul White is one of his... That could be interesting. ...is one of his labors. Like, that, I, I mean, think there's I, only one more, because MJF is the fifth. Uh, it's four... Is it? Correct. Is that how it works? Yes, it is four late... Because everyone online was... Like I saw a Reddit thing. Just to clarify, MJF is the fifth labor, okay, and they have see, they have said that out. multiple times. As gotcha. I am the fifth labor, so there's only one more after this. But, but I think Paul White could be a good one because that I, would be like a good like big v small. And, well, and also you, know. you don't. They were a tag. They were WWE tag team champions as well. Yeah. Jericho was their name. <laughs> this is like 2009-10 era, like when I started getting back in. So there's history there. That's. That is very interesting. I do like that, 
But I just still wish Sammy would have been one of them. I feel like that. That's could, more. That, that that that's the most interesting. That choice. would have been the yes. best thing that could have happened. Yes. I mean, we called. We didn't say Nick Gage, but we had called previously. I I had mentioned it could be a mercenary type situation, like the inner circle had brought in Jeff Cobb last year. That was Gage. So. I don't know. Hooventude, again, I like it. I'm here for I, it. I would prefer uh, Sammy. But over, Sammy, um, yeah, yeah, if it went Sammy, big, show, big Show, Sam, yeah, I would too. But Paul White will be good. Um, and yeah, that's our show. And boy, this is going to be a long episode because uh, Joe Coff is still coming on and uh, we don't want to shortchange him. But that's okay because it was an awesome show. And yes, it was. Week after week now, you don't know who's going to show up or what's going to happen. And boy, it's wrestling is just awesome right now, especially <laughs> in AEW. And we got Cody Alistair Black next week. And yeah, just the road to All Out is just going to be awesome. Yeah, back to Dave's place is going to be fun. Mm. Homecoming. See ya. Bye. man well uh you ready to check in with greg give him a quick call here real quick uh like man like is he gonna be mad um if he expected to come on this show because we're over to we're at at, if, at two hours already yeah i mean i don't like we said we didn't tell him we didn't promise yeah. anytime he was coming back on it was more just hey we'll call you in two weeks we'll see where we're at so let's see where he's at let's see how he's doing okay i hope all right let's give him a buzz Yep, you've reached Goldman. Hey, Greg, it's Brett. How's it going? Hey, Brett, how you doing? How you doing? Oh, I'm pretty all right, man. How, how have you been? You know, I've been, uh, been pretty all right, actually. Uh, been a good past couple of weeks. Got got some stuff done to cast some stuff, you know? Okay, good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Glad uh, glad everything's working out. Uh, hey, you're cool if, if Bo's on this call, right? Uh... Hey, Greg. Beaumont, uh... Hey, uh, no, it's totally fine. Totally fine. Good, good. All right, well, how about that Goldman report this week? Well, um, yeah, Greg, about that. Uh, we got a really long episode this week, man. Uh, Dynamite's already run over an hour, and we got Joe Koff with Ring of Honor booked. And yeah, when we did promise Joe back in February, shit, March, that we'd have him on. And, you know, we just kind of wanted to check in with you. Yeah. So uh, basically, we just don't have enough time for you this week. Yeah, Greg, we're sorry, but we just want to make sure you're doing okay. And, you know, we can try and figure out, you know, another time to bring you back. Greg, just listen. Hey, we're sorry that, you know, we can't get you hey, on this hey, week. You know, no big deal. It's no big deal. Oh, real, really? Yeah, it's not a big deal at all. Really? Yeah, no, it's cool. I get it, man. Ring of Honor, that's some big time shit, boys. Well, not WWE big time, but, you know, it's still big. Okay. Okay, great. Well, uh, well I guess we'll plan on bringing you back next week then. Uh, but... No, that's my vacation. Oh, yeah, 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 right, yeah, Greg. Uh, Bo's going to be out of town next week. Episode's a bit up in the air. Not sure what we're going to do yet. We may not have one, so don't really want to throw that at you right now. 
Hey, no sweat about it. Life is like a steady flowing river, right, boys? You just got to let that water flow. What's so funny, Bo? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Don't worry about it. You know, I know two weeks ago I was a busted egg on a dirty kitchen floor, but I'm sunny side up now, boys. Wow. Well, Greg, that's just great. For real. I'm, I'm happy for you. We're happy for you, right? Uh-huh. Well, hey, man, it, it really, you know, really seemed like those anger management classes worked. Glad to hear you're doing well. It's been good talking to you. Uh, but hey, let's uh, let's shoot for two weeks from now and uh, we'll get the Greg Goldman report back in full force. Hey, perfect. Whatever's cool with me. Excellent. Awesome. Well, hey, man, take it easy. We'll be in touch. Good to hear from you. Yeah, you too, Brett Beaumont. See you, Greg. Later. Oh, shit. Wait, boys. You'll never guess who I met at fucking anger management. I got to go, man. Later. Well, hey, uh, how about that? Yeah. How about that? I mean, all indications are that that actually worked. Um, we'll see. I mean, I'll be honest. I was a bit skeptical about the whole anger management thing like you. But, hey, I guess that's a little bit of proof right there. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, he held it together for the first time. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. All right, uh, before we bring in our good friend Joe Koff, we do want to at least bring up uh, we're recording this Saturday, and we recorded the bulk of the show that you just heard on Thursday. And on Friday, Dave Meltzer released a report saying that plans have changed and Hangman Page is not supposed to be in the main event of All Out. So since we did spend so much time discussing it, at least wanted to bring that up. We're not going to get too much into it now, but it is a big piece of news. And just want to say, I guess just because it's a report doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen, but very interesting kind of based on what we just talked about. And again, let's just kind of see how it plays out. Sure. Still have a ton of faith in them, but uh, interesting booking to say the least. Yeah, very, very interesting. Borderline illogical. Borderline booking. illogical, um, as, as our good friend I, Greg would say. I guess the, the one thing that, that I'll kind of pose here is that, you know, um, you know, just like the CM Punk and Daniel Bryan stories that AEW has allowed to like um, come out and fester and grow, seep, yeah, seep through. Yeah, yeah, seep through. Like this is another one. It's like you know, if you know they're going back on that, you know, this story really takes kind of the wind out of the sails leading up to All Out. I think I agree. So it's like if they're going to go back on it, then why do it in the first place? So um, you know, yep. just just a little baffling. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, got to think that match is still going to happen at full gear. If it doesn't happen now, it still could happen now. We'll see. Uh, regardless, like you said all along, it's the interesting decision. It's got us talking. It's got us guessing. And I think that's the most important part. And it's going to be a fun and wild ride uh, no matter what. And, uh, again, adding CM Punk and Daniel Bryan to the mix, allegedly, uh, is just going to do wonders for this company anyway. So, uh yeah, let's just trap in and enjoy the ride, and uh, let's enjoy the ride with our good, uh, our old good friend, Mr. Joe Koff from Ring of Honor. Joe, uh, it's been a while since we've heard from you, but we've had a busy summer, started doing some interviews, and, you know, you called us on our way home from Atlanta, and we told you then, 
We want to do a Ring of Honor episode, and what the hell are we doing right now? We're doing a Ring of Honor episode, baby. It's good to have you, Joe. Well, gentlemen, how the fuck are you? Oh, man, I've been waiting for that uh, <laughs> since we got back from Atlanta. All since summer, we- yeah. Yeah. We're, we're great. How are you, man? I'm, I'm great, man. Just living the dream. We're getting fans back. Things are heating up. Life is good. So, and I uh, I would be remiss in, uh, if I didn't mention that uh, both Kenny Omega, although briefly, and hey, Adam Hangman Page, we're both Ring of Honor stars. Yes. Along with CM Punk and uh, Daniel Bryan slash <laughs> Brian Danielson. That so. is a great point, sir. Yes. And we will be talking about all of them. And I know... <laughs> We definitely want to get to the Ring of Honor Best in the World show that just happened in Baltimore with the fans. Of course, we're going to focus in on that. But uh, before that, I think we really kind of want to just do a deep dive into the, well, you know, relatively deep dive into the history of Ring of Honor since Bo hasn't really seen much of it, but Mm -hmm. he's now experienced and seen and heard a lot of these names, even though some of the names were different in Ring of Honor than they are now Hmm. where they're at but you'll know a lot of these guys and let's, I mean, there's been so many great guys. We were just talking about it before. So like, let's just dive in. And uh, at the end here, we're going to have our, if you recall, as we mentioned earlier in the show, the ladder war from final battle 2018 between the Briscoes, the young bucks and SCU. So we'll get to that to close the show, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Bo, I know you kind of just had some, you know, just general questions before we really dive into the history. So uh, what what do you want to ask our good friend here? Sure. Uh, hey, Joe. Uh, obviously, nice talking to you. I've been, been looking forward to this, as I said. Um, and, uh, you know, just Ring of Honor as a promotion. You know, we've kind of dealt with, you know, AEW mostly. You know, we kind of veered over into mm-hmm. WWE and, you know. New Japan, I've watched matches and sort of learned a lot about that. Um, you know, A, watching their matches in AEW, Osmosis from you, Brett. Um, so what, what makes Ring of Honor distinct as a wrestling promotion? Well, I mean, what really makes Ring of Honor different is in uh, it's in the name. We do – that's that's just not a cliche. It is the honor. We do want good sportsmanship. And we just wanted to bring wrestling back, wrestling back for wrestling fans. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's different aspects of wrestling that, that have a place, but just pure wrestling, which obviously is you know, exhibited in our pure title, but bring the honor back to wrestling, you know, not the chicanery and not the sports entertainment that you get with other companies and not to throw in the shade, but, you know, and it really just started to ring of honor really when it started back in 2002 was really just to fill that void, um, that ECW left once ECW left. And a lot of people weren't. You know, the lot of ECW faithful went over to Ring of Honor because they were not very um, happy with the product going on. So we just kind of tried to fill that void with uh, pure actual wrestling. So keeping the honor in wrestling. I was, was going to say, so like in, in, in like in, in the sense of in the ring, you know, how does that sort of, you know, like. No, I get no, I completely understand what you're going. So like in the ring. um you know, we don't want run-ins every 10 seconds. Uh, we want people to actually do um, catch can-can wrestling, you know, and, and things like that. And just um, not, you know, do the storytelling in the ring. Um, yes, there's promos. Yes, there's backstage vignettes. But ultimately, what Ring of Honor wants to bring to wrestling is a story told in the ring. And I love I sure. love how you mentioned I love how you mentioned ECW because Bo and I were talking before mm-hmm. this. I'm like both Ring of Honor and TMA, TNA now Impact 
both started in 2002 in the wake of WCW ending. But I like that you said ECW because that also ended around the same time. And that's definitely more of that Ring of Honor hardcore type fan base. Right. TNA definitely kind of filled more of that WCW void, even with a lot of those same guys, you know, Sting and Nash and Scott Steiner and all. So I just hadn't really thought about it like that. But I think that's a good way of putting it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen, we definitely kind of catered. I mean, ECW, it was um, it was definitely a, a quote-unquote niche fan base, but, I mean, they they really enjoyed the storytelling um, aspect of ECW, and I think that's where we kind of swept in. And we're both based out of Philadelphia, um, so I don't think that is, a, a mis- you know, a coincidence. So I think uh, if you've ever been to Philadelphia, it's a special kind of place that way, and they've got a special part for uh, placing their hearts for wrestling, so. Uh, our friend Greg Goldman wouldn't like that. He would probably say "fuck Philly," but yeah, you can't uh, stand it. <laughs> let's go to that first show here, February twenty third, two thousand two. The era of honor begins in the at the Murphy Recreation Center yeah. in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And this is another guy we talked about off air before we jumped on. But let's talk about Jay Briscoe, who was on this show and has really kind of been. It's a term Bo and I use a lot: a fulcrum of ring of honor he's been there from the beginning he's been a factor as a tag team as a singles guy and you know from this first show i'm looking through i think he's probably the only guy still there um would be my guess so let's talk about jay briscoe and you know what the briscoes have meant to the promotion as a whole um i'm gonna use a term that kids like to use but in my per obviously i'm biased being a ring of honor guy but I think Jay Briscoe could possibly definitely be a GOAT. He oh, might yeah. be one of the greatest of all times. I mean, not only is he a 10-time Ring of Honor um, tag team champion, but he's a multiple-time you know, new, or, um, IWGP tag team champion, mm-hmm. but also a two-time World Ring of Honor championship. And one of those streaks is almost two years. Wow. I mean, Joe, I mean, but I mean, when, he, when he, I say Joe um, – Jay Briscoe's been down since day one. He was down since day one, and he's been here. Um, in light of you know everything going on, um, you know he's really good friends with the Young Bucks and also SCU and a bunch of people have left. But both him and his brother, I mean, they bleed Ring of Honor blood. Absolutely, and uh, and we'll talk more about that in that match where they bleed a lot of Ring of Honor <laughs> blood with nice. those with those two teams as well. So. Were you sponsored by the American Red Cross during that match? (laughs) (laughs) Might as well be, yeah. Multiple crimson masks. But, yeah, it's just very interesting. You know, I'm just looking through the card here on this first show that Jay is the only one and has been so important, like you said, both as a tag team with his brother Mark, as a singles wrestler. Um, He lost in in defeat to the Amazing Red on this show. Uh, Another interesting note in, I guess, the semi-main event, was Luchador super crazy defeating Eddie Guerrero, who I didn't know oh. until somewhat recently was on this yeah. first Ring of Honor show for the IWA Puerto Rico International title. So that's an interesting tidbit that I'm sure many people don't know. And in the main event, a three-way dance with Loki defeating the yep. American Dragon, who was Daniel Bryan Bow, yep. who went on to be Brian Danielson in mm-hmm. AEW. And Christopher Daniels, who we've seen in AEW and was a member of SCU. So, and those are definitely three key guys, you know, specifically in the early days of Ring of Honor, but Christopher Daniels, you know, on and off for 
15, 16 years. Yeah, I was going to say, besides Jay Briscoe, I think uh, Christopher Daniels is is probably one of the most important people in Ring of Honor. I mean, he may have gone other places, but he always kept his foot in Ring of Honor. And, um, I mean, he was here till the day he wanted to hang it up. Yep. You know, obviously and- he's gone on to bigger and better. I want some better things, but he's gone on to different things. <laughs> um, yeah, no, 16 years, that guy, that guy gave it all. I mean, he was in the first main event and. Yep. And I'd be remiss um, if I didn't mention, yes, Jay Briscoe is definitely one of the GOATs, but <laughs> people underestimate Mark Briscoe. And yeah. the only reason he wasn't on that show is because in the Pens- uh, the Pennsylvania Sports Commission, wherever it is, um, technically he wasn't old enough to wrestle. Oh, uh, interesting. Is the only reason he wasn't also on that show. Interesting. Um, but he was there. Um, you know, he seconded his brother on there. But I mean, what was he like? Seventeen at the time, or something? yeah, he was like yeah, he was sixteen, seventeen at the time. So, wow. You know, and they both and they both have successful businesses, but they still they still you know keep with Ring of Honor. Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned Daniels too. Was such an important figure. Didn't even become Ring of Honor World Champ until what about 2015? Like pretty late yeah, in his run there, um, and then he ended up losing it to Cody, right? At that yep. point, yeah, 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 yeah. It was so it was uh, it was good to see him as champ. It was finally it was it was a great moment. So oh, I bet you know at that time, like having the career that he had to finally win that belt, I'm sure was was quite the moment. Yeah, and people talk about Jericho all the time wrestling so well at 50. People sleep on Christopher Daniels. He's the same age and just as great. So Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's talk about a few of the others from the earlier day. I mean, we're going to get into some more Danielson, especially, you know, he and CM Punk both, who we just yep. mentioned, are both likely headed to AEW. I mean, both major, major factors here. Like, you know, I was kind of yeah. coming up with a list of matches that I've seen and most of it seemed to be pre-2010, as I really in the pandemic with my buddy Azar, who I believe you've maybe interacted with uh, yep. before, Joe. Um, you know, we got real into some Ring of Honor, some t- some Impact TNA, some All yeah. Japan and Noah, like all this wrestling stuff that we hadn't really ever watched in the pandemic, and we just lasered in. So that's when I started really discovering guys like the Briscoes and – uh, Davey Richards, who we're definitely going to yeah. talk about, and just finally seeing some of these matches, and you know Austin Aries, who I knew, but watching some of his Ring of Honor stuff, and Nigel, like some of that. Let's just talk Nigel and yeah. Brian Danielson real quick, because I mean we can just go on and on about all of this stuff. But I, like, yeah, it's, it's, let's go. Just go ahead. You know, <laughs> I, I'm like, what can you say? What can you say? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that might be the most intense rivalry in Ring of Honor history, if not wrestling history in general. Yeah. Mm. I mean, those two beat each other from pillar to post all over the country for years. Um, You know, and some of the younger fans just know Nigel from from an announcer, but man, that boy could work. So I remember it was when I first read Daniel Bryan's book, uh, actually was able to meet him and get it signed, which was a pretty cool experience. But that was, again, before I really had opened up beyond WWE as a wrestling fan. Like, I was aware mm-hmm. of Ring of Honor, 
hardly even aware of New Japan at that point. This was probably like 2015, 16. And I read his book and he talked so much about Nigel McGuinness and like how these are the best matches he'd ever had of his career. And I'm like, yeah, what? I'd never even heard of this guy. And again, it probably was in the last year and a half. Still had never seen a Nigel match. You know, he is he was announcing on NXT and I loved his work as an announcer but really have started digging into his matches the last year and a half. And his the frosted tips hairstyle aside, <laughs> man, that motherfucker can work. And I just love watching him. Just last night I watched a world title match he had against Kenta, um, which was the one right before he dropped the belt to Jerry Lynn. And I think I was had, actually just gonna mention that, yeah. Yeah, and he had the belt for what five hundred twenty-five days or something. It was I, it was it was ridiculous. I mean, it got to the point where I mean we had to glue them back together, you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean we had to tape them back together, but it was, I was a actually bicep, a bicep injury, right? Yep. Yeah. And, but I mean, that, that man gave his all. And I mean, he, he really took that championship and made it his own, you know, and I was actually going to recommend that might be one of my favorite moments that you mentioned previously is actually when Jerry Lynn, you know, a journeyman, you oh, know, yeah. who, who was ECW, ECW guy. Yeah. You know, but he was never, they never really made him the man, but so, so, so underrated. Yep. Um, from and Minneapolis, then when he won, when, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yep. You know those Midwestern guys, so. Oh, yeah. Eh? <laughs> so I actually tried to find that match last night as well and couldn't find it, which is why I opted for Nigel and Kenta. There was a different Nigel-Jerry Lynn match, I think maybe from earlier in the title reign that I could find. But, um, but yeah, and we are, you know, the Nigel-Daniel Bryan feud, like yeah. I'm – I go to cagematch.com just to like find matches and like, you know, it's nice cause they'll have ratings and whatnot and they're not the end all be all, but it's a nice barometer. And you look at just the ratings of the matches between <laughs> Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness. It's just like nine is a nice benchmark and it's all, they have like eight matches that are above nine. And I don't know if anyone else has that. And again, some of them, they're not the easiest to find online, but I think I've seen two or three of them in just, technical masterpieces just wizardry of selling and just yeah some of the best shit i've ever seen and you know and now kind of getting into more holistic wrestling like i'm not going to disagree it probably is one of the top five ten wrestling rivalries of all time for sure yeah i mean it was i mean nigel brought his british strong style and danielson really just brought really pretty much invented american strong style Mm -hmm. and uh yeah, I, I I can't even put it into words. To be honest with you, I wish I was better prepared. But <laughs> well, was... and again, we're hopefully we're going to see some of that Brian Danielson, as I'm sure he'll probably be known in AEW. And again, he's aged a little, little bit, but we know he can still go. And you know, getting him to mix it up with the likes of you know Kenny Hangman. Yeah. You know, there's so many people: Ray Phoenix, Pac, Andrade, Malachi Black. I mean. Exciting oh, times ahead, but uh, yeah, Andrade, Andrade, and Danielson, I think would be a uh, um, yeah. I'm I'm just gonna say the other company may have fucked up on that one. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Bo, you got uh, any any questions? Any anything you'd like to to drop in at this um, point? We're we're gonna get to Jim Cornette soon. Oh boy, uh, no, not particularly. I've just been enjoyed sitting back and just sort of learning about this kind of slice of 
wrestling history with these people. You know, I, like this Nigel guy, you know, I feel like, you know, him and the uh, Danielson fight need to be an if you recall thing, you know, because, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, like at a seminal point in their feud, because, yeah, that's something, you know, with which I'm not familiar, you know, until until I now. Think, I think when and if Danielson get, you know, officially comes to AEW, we'll uh, certainly put that on tap for it, if you recall. But uh, two guys yeah. we haven't mentioned yet, Joe, who were embro- embroiled in their own little rivalry not even little huge rivalry Samoa Joe and CM Punk had a famous trilogy of matches I believe while Joe was the champ two 60 minute draws back to back 60 minute draws and then Joe finally bests Punk in the third match that I think it's about 35 minutes that's the only match I've seen I want to watch the 60 minuters I think there's you can find one online but uh tell us about those two guys um, just, just amazing. It was, I mean, when CM Punk started with ring of honor, he was, I want to say, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a scared little kid, but just watch that guy <laughs> really build himself as he got more confident was amazing to see. And he mm-hmm. bought me and it was, I mean, CM Punk is just a CM Punk turned up to 13. Yeah. That's just who he is turned up to 13 and him and Joe were magic. You oh, know, yeah. a lot of times you watch a 60-minute match and you're getting bored, you know, you go to the bathroom, you get something to eat. But you watch those two, those first two matches, and you are glued to your TV the entire time because you're wow. just – yeah, it's a masterpiece. And, and I, Samoa Joe, I mean, you look at the guy, you wouldn't think he'd go 60 minutes, but I bet you if they asked him, he would have done another 60 minutes right there and after oh. if they had to. He's a freak. And I'm, you know, not to get off topic, but I'm excited he's back and medically cleared to wrestle yep. and will be wrestling carrying cross. Very exciting. Um, and yeah, you mentioned CM Punk. So uh, first off the match, so he doesn't end up winning the title off Joe, but he does end up getting it from Austin Aries in a great match I've seen multiple times. And then doesn't he end up turning heel and kind of turning on the crowd before he leaves to go to WWE? Yeah, he did um, him both him and Tyler Black's um, Seth Rollins um, went heel and just um, he really played up that angle very, very well. And he did a great job going out the door, putting people over and putting butts in seats and uh, really buying into the fact that he was turning into this corporate asshole. Yeah, and, and it was it was it was it was fun to watch. You mentioned his confidence, and I got after about an eight year layoff. I got back into wrestling in two thousand nine, and he was he won the Money in the Bank at WrestleMania, which is when I really started watching. And we had the Summer of Punk on SmackDown two thousand, yeah. and he was just incredible. Start you know the straight edge gimmick, huge rivalry with Jeff Hardy. So I just want to say, like, I credit him as a major, major reason for being the wrestling fan I am today. And you yeah. really saw him gain that confidence in WWE up to 2011 in the pipe bomb. And then when he finally won the belt off John Cena and that crazy angle, which is going to be another future, if you recall, Bo, because that's mm-hmm. probably a top 10 match all time for me. Um, but yes, yeah, and, and now having gone back and watched CM Punk's Ring of Honor stuff, and I want to see some of yep. his Chris Hero matches, like even before that, but I've heard her crazy. But yeah, the guy's fucking incredible. He's still only what, like 38, 39, 40. He's not that yeah. old. He's had he's been off for several years. Yeah, he did the UFC thing for a little bit, but if he's really coming to AEW and he's going to be fresh and ready to go and have a, just a new crop of talent to face. And I just can't fucking wait. 
Yeah, CM, CM Punk, I mean, he I, – I give him a lot of credit for a lot of the success we had in the 2010s because yeah. really he, he was not your double, you know, typical WWE guy. Oh, and no. Not, and then they hadn't seen anything like a push like that for anybody like him since um, the Rascals. So with Chris Benoit and Rey Mysterio. Yep. And then what he did in there, people were like, wait, this guy's wrestled before? And that's where a lot of people started to flood the Ring of Honor. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, he may be great in WWE, but I mean, he did all this stuff here too. And that really brought a lot of eyes on our product, which I am always very, very grateful for. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So I just pulled up the list of champions and just want to mention, make sure we at least mention everyone. Xavier or Xavier, I don't know too much about him. Earlier name. Yeah. Um, James Gibson, who was Jamie Noble, right? Yep, correct. Had a great, you know, who would have thought, like, that's something I didn't know until kind of digging, but it's how good that guy was because he was presented yeah. in, a, as a, in a certain way on WWE. It could still wrestle, but it's like, wow, this guy's had some pretty fucking good matches. Right. Um, Homicide, who I know has been affiliated a lot with Eddie Kingston. I think they're boys. He's someone I've not really seen much of. So what do you got about Homicide here? Homicide, once again, Homicide is just himself turned up to probably 14. <laughs> He's also half of the current Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. I don't know if you knew that or not. So No. With who? No. With Chris Dickinson. Violence on uh, this new stable, Violence Unlimited, which I am a huge fan of. But, yeah, he yeah. is currently – yeah, he's back, and he's full homicide mode. Hell, yeah. And, and I he know has not lost a step. Heck, yeah. Isn't Brody yeah. King in that group, too? Yep, Brody King and then Tony Deppin. Because I know he Hello. and King and Dickinson just lost to the Good Brothers in the Impact or the New Japan Strong like tournament that they had. Yeah, final, bullshit, but it's an our story itself. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Takeshi Morishima coming over from Noah. Mm -hmm. We don't need to get too much into him. Aries gets his second title. Tyler Black, you mentioned him a bit ago, who became yeah. Seth Rollins, who Bo, you re remember. Mm -hmm. um, I mentioned again to this you off air. But just last night, I watched the pretty famous uh, Tyler Black, Davey Richards match, Death Before Dishonor. Can't remember if it was 10 or 11, but it went about 35 minutes. Black is the champ. Yep. The crowd had turned against him. We've got Jim Cornette on commentary, so we'll get into him here in a sec. And Davey Richards, man, that's another guy, a name that I'd always heard so much, but never saw until literally this year. I think of the first yeah. Davey Richards matches I watched. The first was he... The American Wolves, he and Eddie Edwards against Danielson yep. and Tyler Black in a tag match that was just fucking nuts. I think it was like a 45-minute time limit draw. Yeah. And just that guy is a bulldog. His relentlessness. You mentioned the Dynamite Kid off air. Like, he's short, stocky, yeah. but he's just a ball of intensity. And, like, the four matches of his I've seen, I love him. And I know, didn't he recently make a comeback into MLW? Yeah, he's back in MLW. Um, and he's made some spot appearances here and there. Um, he was recently a Warrior Wrestling, actually wrestled Jonathan Gresham. Okay, were you I, at that uh, show, Joe? I was I was at that show. Okay, so, I know you traveled yeah. to Warrior Wrestling to do some scouting sometimes, yeah. Um, I had to make sure my boy, Gre you know, Gresham ended up going over. Sorry, spoiler alert, everyone there. But, uh, yeah, Davey Richards, yeah, took a break. Just need to get his head right and everything. But, uh, you know, it, I mean, he's intensity personified for sure. Yeah, I yeah. mean – Maybe Every ounce of that guy's body is is to dedicated professional wrestling. So 
he's a wolf. And maybe it's him I saw that's 38 and like had had a break. CM Punk is, I think, 42, just to go back to that. But um, so I want to make sure we still have enough time to talk current Ring of Honor, the show you were at, and just kind of the future. But again, have to at least start mentioning these names of kind of the 2010 and beyond, and we can dig in a little, but it's all people we mostly people we know and have talked about on this show before. But we Tyler Black, Roderick Strong, who we saw yep. at NXT and is now mm-hmm. back leading the Diamond Mine faction. Eddie Edwards, Davey Richards, who we just talked about, the American Wolves. Kevin Steen, who is Kevin Owens' beau. Oh, okay. Which I just and love him. He and his, Yeah, I just watched that match with Davey Richards last night where he won the belt. Uh, Adam Cole, I believe the only three-time Ring of Honor yep. champion. Is that correct, Joe? So, yeah, now we're starting to get into the guys, you know, Jay Lethal, Kyle O'Reilly. I skipped over Michael Elgin. Uh, hmm. You know, it's just a, a, a fucking Who's great who? list here. Before we get to Christopher Daniels, Cody, Dalton Castle, and then into the Roosh, Matt Taven, PCO, Bandito. So, yeah, what do you get? What, let's talk briefly just about kind of the Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, you know, the undisputed era era of Ring of Honor, so to speak. And don't forget Bobby Fish in there. Um, yes, yes. I know Bobby Fish wasn't a champion, but I mean, yeah, watching yeah, those yeah. guys develop was, was amazing. And I mean, their chemistry, I mean, especially O'Reilly and Cole, um, the chemistry those guys had was just magic. Um, everything they did, it was stiff, it was snug, and it was great to find. Man, they could tell a story. You Which know, we're seeing on NXT right now. I mean, they've had two wonderful matches this year. Yeah, it's it's you know, it's been great to see, and just uh, you know, those those kids poured their and when they were here, I mean, they gave it their all. They definitely put they definitely put the honor in Ring of Honor. Absolutely. So in- real. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, just real quick, Beaumont, if you get a chance, check out anything from 2009 to 2020 or 2012. Anything to do with Kevin Steen and fucking Ring of Honor yeah. is, <laughs> is wrestling gold. Yeah. Well, I have to because his matches, I think, in WWE when we were there with, uh, was it Sami Zayn? Was that his yeah. big rival? Yeah. yeah. No, the, 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 those were some of my favorite things we watched. Uh, yeah. And they had that, time. that ladder war match. I think it mm. might have been 2012. Yep. Okay. So, that that's a pretty crazy one, but. Yeah, so yeah. before we get into the Best in the World show in Baltimore and kind of current Ring of Honor, there is one more guy I want to talk about who's part of current Ring of Honor, but to bridge, and that's Jay Lethal, because I know he's been such an important guy to this promotion in the last, you know, five, six, seven years. So talk to me a little bit about Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal, um, a lot of people obviously know him as uh, the world champ, but what people don't realize is he really um, – he really put that Ring of Honor TV title into prominence because for a while he actually held both titles. And, oh, wow. And he was a workhorse. I mean, he took that TV title very, very seriously. Um, you know, another guy that then, I mean, yes, he's gone to other places and he probably could go to greener pastures, but that man <laughs> still, still bleeds, you know, Ring of Honor blood, you know, as evidenced at uh, Best in the World, which we'll get into. But, um, yeah, no, Jay, Jay Lethal, listen, the thing about him is, like, I most remember is is really taking that that t- TV title, which was always kind of a, a secondary BS title that people didn't really care about and really brought it to prominence. Hell, yeah. Yes, he's had great world title runs. He's had great t- um, tag team runs. But, yeah, what he did as TV champ, uh, that was right around the Sinclair deal and everything, just really kind of 
putting spotlight on Ring of Honor, and that I'm very, very thankful always. So, Hell yeah. You mentioned best in the world. Let's get to it. Let's talk a little current Ring of Honor, and then we'll get to our, if you recall, review. So best in the world, July 11, 2021, at the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mouthful. In Baltimore, Maryland, Joe. What was it like just being there and being amongst the fans and having that energy in the building for this show? I, I can't put it into words. I mean, after uh, obviously 2020 was not the year that people expected, but just the fans were on fire. People were so happy just to have Ring of Honor back, um, you know, and there there's pe- and people from all over the place. I mean, I saw, you know, Matt Taven had his little fan club there. Um, I saw these homemade Brian Johnson shirts, the Mecca Brian Johnson. If you ever need a good promo to watch, watch anything to do with Brian Johnson. I'm not familiar with him. Brian Johnson is, I mean, the fact that the Briscoes did not kill him, but you cut the promo at the beginning. It's the, the curtain jerker. Uh, so yeah. it's PJ Black, um, but also a former WWF star. Yeah. And Justin, Brian Johnson. Justin, he was Justin Gabriel. Justin Gabriel. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, and PJ Black had been kind of taking, um, you know, Brian Johnson under his wing, but he'd been hurt for a while. So he'd been kind of out of, the, out of the loop for a while. And then they came back and Brian Johnson cut the promo on the Briscoes family that I was scared for his life. It was, yeah, it, it was amazing. Um, but yeah, I ran into a bunch of fans there that uh, I guess they were Brian Johnson's their dog walker or something, but they all made these fancy like homemade Brian Johnson shirts. How about uh, there was a big sec- section of fan housing fan housings there. Yep, um, yep. I don't know if you guys know where Dan housing or not. I'm, but... fam- I'm familiar with Dan housing. I've never seen him wrestle, but I've certainly seen him and uh, I know who he is. I do not actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I was even outside and now uh, this guy came up to me with a Hawaiian t-shirt and a visor. So he came all the way from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> so that really kind of touched me too. So, I mean, yeah. the stands from all over the place was, uh, it was great to have him in the building. Um, you what know, was I the think, what was the energy like in that building on that night? It was top notch. I mean, people were cheering. People, I mean, I don't know why we had seats because uh, <laughs> people were standing the whole time. I mean, it was a technicality, but and you could totally tell the performers were definitely feeding off that energy. Absolutely. You so know, a lot of, a lot of these guys were relatively new, hadn't been in front of or ran around a crowd before. Yeah, and they are notoriously rambunctious, and they definitely uh, kept up with their reputation this time. So. Excellent. So I it had, had hoped to watch some of this show before today, but I was unable. I know it got, you know, pretty people liked it. Pretty good reviews overall. Looked like a pretty good card. Um, I know the main event saw Bandito defeating Roosh to win the Ring of Honor World title yep. for the first time. New champ. New champ. So uh, just talk us through, you know, that match and just some of your other favorite matches and moments of the night. Um, so Bandito is, he's relatively new with Ring of Honor. Um, he had been, um, uh, with Mexi Squad, uh, but he's kicking and clawing and, and he uh, won the, that limit, um, survival of fitness to get this shot. And, uh, it was great to see a guy's hard work like that be, be rewarded, especially with, I mean, he's facing Roosh and all of his, his minions. So, I mean, that's always a tough time, but, uh, his mask almost got ripped off and he oh, still, and he still ended up winning the match. And beating uh, beating Roosh, who's been champion. Yes, there's been a pandemic, but he's always been a fighting champion. He's been a champion for well over a year, and it yeah. was a great way to cap off the evening. 
Roosh is not someone I've seen before, but he's brothers with Dragon Lee, correct? correct. And he yep. runs the what? What's the organization called? I know it's similar to Lij in New Japan. That Los, Naito, yes, Los, yeah, Los Faction Ingrenables, which Naito started Lij off of with that, Roosh, which is yep. very cool. Uh, but Bandito is someone I've seen a good amount of, and his 2019 best of the Super Junior match against Will Osprey is a yep. great one. And famously, Juice, Juice Robinson was on commentary for that and was just so good. And after that, he's like, oh, I'm going to need a cigarette after that match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just, as, Bo, as Bo likes to say, it was a very it was a very flippy match oh, yeah. between those was, two. Was that, no, sure. we watched, no, it was Osprey and Archie. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. You've gotcha, not okay. seen Bandito, but oh, wow. um, so I know we mentioned Dragon Lee. He was on this show winning back the television championship yep, from, against from, from Tony, Tony Deppin, Deppin, who I've not seen Tony Deppin either. Tony Deppin is just, I mean, he's he's uh teamed up with Violence Unlimited, and that dude is uh very much in the Davy Richards vein, just okay, a ball of energy, just yeah. I mean, all intensity from his from his toes all the way up to the top of his hairs. I mean, Tony Depson's a fucking spitfire. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and Dragon Lee really, really did very, very well. I mean, I'm not a fan of what uh, what that faction does, but uh, Dragon Lee really stepped up and he showed why he's one of the best, one of the best in the world. I'm Obviously, a huge, the pun, I'm a huge yeah. fan of Dragon Lee and always have been. I've seen him mostly in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, some of the stuff he, you know, matches with Osprey, matches with Shingo, uh, Taiji Ishimori, obviously Hiromu Takahashi was probably his biggest rival, but have always yeah. loved that guy. Um, we haven't yeah. talked much. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say a stack card from you know, from top to bottom. Yeah, um, I was gonna mention sure. the, the pure title, uh, which Jonathan Gresham defeated Mike Bennett, who was someone I saw during his very brief WWE run and he didn't really do much, but I heard this match was really good and I've heard good things about kind of his comeback. Yeah. Mike Bennett, um, he, he is a um, brain of honor. Now I want to say original, but legend. And was um, with recently, Taven. They were known as the kingdom, correct? The kingdom. Yep. And now yeah. they're, now they're back. It's good to see that Matt Taven's guys running buddy back. Okay. And, um, but he's never been known as a pure wrestler and Jonathan Gresham called him out says, you know, this is, this is the pure title. We do pure wrestling here. And um, I, at the end of that match, and Mike Bennett definitely, he may not have won the match, but he definitely won the hearts of the fans that may not have already loved him, but there he did. But he also, more importantly, won the respect of Jonathan Gresham. And that was a, pardon the pun, but a fucking banger. Hell yeah. And that's important. I, I'm a big Jonathan Gresham guy. Again, he was in Best of the Super Juniors 2019. Yep. So that's when I really got exposed to him. Uh, little guy, but again, kind of not exactly Davey Richards-esque, but he's got some of that in him, more of the technical side, but like just a short, stocky ball of energy, though. And he's yeah. just really Spark fucking plug. good. Yeah, yeah. Spark Spark plug plug. yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, he had yeah, another he- really fun match with Shingo, too. Like, I love Shingo. It's so weird to think that just two years ago was in the best of the super juniors with these little guys. Uh, and had the final against Osprey, one of the best 15, 20 matches I've ever seen. And now he's the world champ. And to, in my Killing opinion, him. hands down the best wrestler in the world right now. And it's not even a question, but it's so weird to just think about him having matches with Jonathan Gresham and with uh, Dragon Lee. And but uh, yeah, wrestling is yeah, awesome. If you get a chance, um, I know it's another promotion, but uh, 2019 PWG Battle of Los Angeles. Uh, 
two of the three combatants, uh, Bandito did win, but Jonathan Gresham was also in that final. Was Jeff Cobb the other? No, it's um, a wrestler we don't like to mention anymore. Ah, okay. David Starr. Yeah, so, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Was Cobb so, Cobb wasn't PWG for a bit, right? He was. He actually won the year before. Okay, okay, so that's what I was thinking. Yep, of yeah, that. so. Okay. Jeff Cobb, former Ring of Honor star. How, um, and who's also been killing it this year. Now, Adam, if, if, if I'm going to mark off for anybody that's not in my own company, it's Jeff Cobb. I mean, we can I, talk about Jeff Cobb for a second here. And I, think- I love everything that guy does. He's, um, every time I've talked to him, he was amazing. Um, my wife loves him. She has always been super nice to my wife. So Hell that yeah. always is a plus. Uh, but Jeff Cobb is... And to pull the, the fourth wall, I mean, a real awesome human being in real life. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I've always been a fan, but I feel like really in the 2020 G1 last year is when he really had kind of taken a step up for me and just having great matches. And then we go into the Tokyo Dem this year. And what do you know? Shingo Takagi yet again, yet another five-star match. <laughs> and yeah, and then he just had the great match with Okada. Had I a great match. Say- with a bushy before that, like yeah, I agree. Jeff Cobb is on an absolute roll, and I'm sure you wouldn't mind seeing him, uh, you know, have a little match in Ring of Honor again, would you? I would. I would definitely not be sad, but I mean, all bullshit aside, I'm very happy for any success he has outside of Ring of Honor. It's well deserved. You know, his time was brief, but it was amazing, and like the guy's a superstar, and he's one of those great human beings that deserves everything he gets. And like oh, you yeah. said, that Cobb Okada match. Not that I watch other wrestling in the Ring of Honor, but woo! It was tight. That was a great show. Uh, I mean, Shingo Tana yet again. Um, anything else you want to say about kind of current, you know, the future? Uh, just a bit of news that just came out within the last couple hours. Bray Wyatt released from WWE. Is that someone you'd maybe be interested in bringing in or any of these other kind of free agents out there? Like, what's what's the forecast looking like for the future here at Ring of Honor? Uh, the future is definitely bright. Um, we are starting our women's tournament, which I have not mentioned. Oh, so, yes, uh, yes. Which we're very, very excited. We're going to recrown, um, you know, a new women's champion and bring that that title back. And we've got stars from all over the world. Um, yeah, things are looking up. I mean, like I said, Violence Unlimited um, – you know, they're the current tag champs, but if you get a chance, that Jay Lethal Brody King match. I love Jay Lethal, but Brody King took it to him. And I don't think I've ever seen someone take it to Jay Lethal like that before in my life. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen bits of Brody King like on New Japan, New Japan Strong, little bits here and there, but I'm a fan of that guy. Yeah, and I'm I'm proud, you know, I'm proud of the fact that Dragon Lee won that like he did. Um, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that, you know, we've got Bandito as our new champion. But don't sleep on our, th- you know, our th- uh, six-man tag champs, Shane Taylor promotions. Oh, and two things real quick. Actually, we haven't talked about Cornette, and I want oh, no, to yeah, forgot about that. I want to yeah. get your thoughts on Cornette. And just before that, because uh, I know this is one of Bo's favorites, what can you tell us about Hot Sauce Tracy Williams? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, what wrestlers do I know from Ring of Honor? Even though I still don't think we've seen a match he's yep, been yep, in, yep. but Isn't we love hurt? the name. He go. actually he got hit by a car. Yeah. Okay. I remember seeing that. Yeah. On yeah, yeah. I do, I do remember seeing that yeah. as well. I hate, yeah. exclaim, so, I hate exclaiming. Yeah. Like. Yeah. No. Is he doing yeah. okay? He's doing okay. Like I said, he was he was at the show, but he wasn't able to perform because um, him him and Red Titus were actually the tag champs going in. 
in hot sauce. Yeah, he unfortunately got hit by a car and uh, just hasn't been cleared yet. I mean, he's going to be fine. You know, somehow uh, this is going to sound weird, but his dog was was with him and the dog was not. It was unscathed. So that was good. But uh, Tracy Williams is probably top 10, one of the best technical wrestlers you'll see in the world. Hell yeah. Well, we'll have Um, to definitely dial up a, a hot sauce match here soon. Yeah, I mean, you just look at him like he's definitely one of those guys you see in a bar. It's like, oh, that little skin pole, you know, yeah, that little bean pole. The next thing you know, <laughs> you're, you know, you're you're chewing your straw through, a, or you're chewing your food through a straw. So, <laughs> hell yeah, um, uh, yeah. So, Jim Cornette, let's, just, huh? let's yeah, talk Cornette. a little bit about Jim Cornette, who uh, who we know Bo loves, and so I'd kind of forgotten that he worked there, was you know heavily involved in there for a time until I was watching some of these matches, and he was on commentary for the Davy Richards Tyler Black match, and then in the Davy Richards Kevin Steen match, the announcers bring up how Steen is wrestling in a t-shirt and shorts in defiance of Jim Cornette, and he's kept talking about his defiance towards Jim Cornette, but. What do you think about Jim Cornette, Joe? Well, Jim Cornette, I will give him the devil is due. Has a great mind for the business. I would agree. Can't stay out of his own fucking way. (laughs) Um, You know, if he would just, if he would just, uh, you know, keep his Booker brain. Great historian. There are very few people in this world that know more about professional, the history of professional wrestling than Jim Cornette. But, um, He's not what people like to say is a people person. You know, he's not good with the talent. Um, Would you, know, you perhaps so say he is uh, toxic? That's uh, that's that's like that's a good way to put it. I would definitely <laughs> say he's uh, got a, a toxic attitude. So when when he doesn't agree with things, he definitely uh, doesn't express it very well. So, but I'll, I mean, I'll never. I'll, I'll go ahead. Yeah, he's got a great mind for the business, but just can't stay out of his own fucking way. And uh, he gets pretty toxic with some of those tennis racket shots on yeah. people. Yeah. Spe- especially mean, back in the 80s, NWA, when he was managing the Midnight Express and, you know, even late Yokozuna and all them and WWFE and uh, Smoky yeah, Mountain. He- I mean, running his own promotion in Smoky Mountain. So, yeah. I mean, he just likes to burn bridges. I mean, he's got a great <laughs> mind, you know, great historian, but. All right. He- Textbook toxic. Yeah. Well, let's uh, shift gears. This is going to be a long episode, ladies and gentlemen. We hope <laughs> you're sticking it wet, sticking it out with us. But too much fun this week, and uh, let's do a little if you recall. And as we mentioned earlier, we are going to be talking about Ring of Honor Final Battle 2018 on 12 14 18. The Young Bucks versus SCU versus the Briscoes, Ladder War 7. And Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, this was both the Young Bucks and SCU's final match in Ring of Honor before making yes. a jump to AEW. Yes, yeah, not, to, not to rub it in or anything, but just <laughs> for historical sake. Uh, I mean, you know, a nice bridge match going into AEW, which, as you know, is what we talk about the most on this show. Right. And, you know, obviously when they're leaving, no one knew. Um, that they're yeah. actually starting their own promotion, you know, and I will, um, I've got nothing, you know, obviously it hurt. It definitely of kind of put us a bind a little bit, but I mean, Nick and Matt are two of the hardest working people you'll ever see in your life. Absolutely. And those kids are as grassroots. I mean, self-made as it gets. And as, as evidenced by this match, they went out on their swords. I mean, 
They didn't half-ass it. They knew what they had in the works, and they put it all on the line. Same with, with Christopher Daniels and Kazarian. I mean, I am eternally grateful for – I mean, obviously all six people in that match, but what all four of them did, I mean, going knowing they were leaving, was – well, not the correct Scorpio Sky. Not you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, it's okay. Um, yeah, you're right. Great, great match. Oh, you mentioned self-made. Bo brought it up when we watched. It looked like the Young Bucks uh, ring gear was a little bit self-made there. <laughs> <laughs> looked like yeah. it was like du- just colored well, duct colored tape. Colored duct tape and stuff. You know, they had their whole neon kind of vibe going on, but. You know, knowing that those guys are EVPs and they have a lot of money, you know. Which they weren't yeah. EVPs yet, but they certainly had plenty of money. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah, I agree, yeah. the ring gear looked a little a little shoddy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, one but, thing I do, do want to say, too, is um, it's at the ballroom, right? Uh, yeah, Hammerstein Ballroom, New York, New York. Yeah, and I thought that was that was interesting because, you know, we usually watch things in arenas. And uh, from a sound perspective, I thought it was cool that the crowd was sort of up on it, you know, kind of, you know, like with, without seats just standing there. Um, you know, it, it didn't have the echo that arena has, you know, which like creates Mm -hmm. sort of a sense of like distance and space, you know, it seemed like much more like right up on you in in immediate. And and I like that. It's a very, it's a, yeah, that, that place is, um, yeah. If ring of honor had a home outside of Philadelphia, it's definitely a Hammerstein ballroom. It is a great place to see wrestling. And especially with that fan base, I mean, they were pardoned upon all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes so. they were and as we typically do in these reviews um i like to get Bo's kind of off the cuff reaction um and i believe this is probably your first ring of honor match you've seen right it Bo? Is. yes which yes. again is later era ring of honor you know we'll actually we'll definitely have to go back and watch some of the earlier stuff but uh what'd you think uh, the weapons <laughs> came out really fast yes um, they did. you know they, they were right there they were they were hot and they were heavy Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of blood from the beginning, definitely, uh, hardcore, you know, yes. which, which, which I, I wasn't kind of, because like, kind of, I had an idea that ring of honor beforehand. I think Joe, you mentioned this whenever we talked to you back when we were, you know, free agents ourselves, um, we, uh, you know, how ring of honor was very like, you know, not, you know, people running into the ring every 10 seconds and stuff. So like, you know, I was just very taken aback. I was like, Whoa, you know, this is really intense. And then the Briscoes, I think, uh, were a lot of fun because they just did not give a fuck. You know, they were throwing chairs. They were, you know, throwing a lot of chairs, throwing a lot of stuff. <laughs> and, you know, I think my one of my you know favorite sort of um, storytelling beats of the matches when they disappeared for, for a good bit. And it was just SCU and the Bucks in the ring for a while. And then when they came back, like I, I kind of was like, where are they at? You know, and, and then they, they came, came back, back throwing chairs, chairs. Yeah, throwing yeah. chairs. Yeah. 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 So in Ring I, of Honor, we like to call that a fight without honor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, well, that, I mean, that yeah, the, Briscoe, it- the, the Briscoes and the Bucks, I mean, for gosh, from 2013 to 2018, man, I mean, they that's another rivalry. I mean, they had matches all over the country, and that's a very, very heated. They, they passed the tag team titles between each other. So it's a, a lot of history there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, the match, and we'll just kick it to the ending and the, kind of talk through some of the big spots. But, you know, we're at the end and people are getting close to the top and getting knocked off. Um, but near the end, uh, it's hard to read my handwriting, but <laughs> uh, Kazarian hit Jay with a chair as he was climbing the ladder and then popped a Styles clash on him onto the chair. Um, and then Kazarian climbs up and he's met by Mark Briscoe. 
um, who I believe Kazar- or Mark fell through a ladder. Kazarian yep. was up on the top for quite a long time towards the end. So then it's Nick and Kazarian, and Kazarian throws Nick off the ladder through a table onto the floor. Um, and then you think Kazarian's going to get it, and nope. Mark Briscoe, I think from outside, throws another chair, yet another <laughs> chair, knocking Kazarian off, and Jay climbs the top. And obviously, we knew the Briscoes had to win with the other two going out the door. Uh, but yeah, Bo said it. The weapons came out immediately. They didn't go away. Uh, but I did love those kind of closing spots to the finish. And yeah, this was just a, a wild ride from go. Yeah. Yeah, and um, credit to all six competitors. I mean, they... I mean, yeah, people may have, you know, obviously correctly assumed that, uh, you know, the Bristles were going to win, but you really felt the whole match that um, that they had a chance to lose. For sure. Absolutely. They definitely you know, was, did a good job teasing both of those other teams, no doubt. It or may they, have been a you, did a, you did a good job. <laughs> yeah. And, and they were and they were both, you know, like the Briscoes were not to be – I mean, they were throwing ladders, using ladders as weapons. And I think up until the very end, didn't um, neither of them ascend the ladder? Like yeah, know, I think belts, like yeah, they, they did not involved in that. Yeah, and the, yeah, the announcers mentioned it multiple times too. It's like, are they going to finally go for it? Nope, they're still just setting them up. And there was like a long period of time I wrote down here that they were rearranging furniture, you know, getting the bigger <laughs> ladders, and then like step, making the contraption as the announcer were calling it. But yeah, they they were really a ton of fun in this match. And again, someone. I still have probably only seen, you know, four or five of their matches and I'm always eh, maybe a few more because I'd seen some in New Japan as well, yeah. um, but always entertained by those guys and like what better element for them than ladder war. And I believe they had the first one correct against Steen and Generico in 2000. Yep. Maybe that was just a fight without honor, but that 2007 match, I think, is. No, that was a, yeah, that was a ladder war. It was uh, the first ladder war. And- yeah. Magic. And um, I will actually listen. I didn't even mention this, but I know I messed up. But um, yeah, Scorpio Sky, his time in Ring of Honor was brief, but, um, you know, it was it was great to give a, such a talented man like that a platform because he'd been toiling for years as a journeyman. And then we finally got him on TV and um, it was able to give him a platform. And man, he delivered not only this match, but everything he did for us. That's um, great. You know, to see all the success he's got now with uh, with angry Ethan Page, oh. um, you know, it, it's great to see and well deserved. That's very upset, Ethan Page, to you, sir. Yeah. Um, but no, we love him. Yeah, Sky looked great in this match. Like you said, everyone looked great. Props to them. Yeah. You know, the classic double team moves by the Bucks. Some of it being interrupted. You know, all sorts of crazy cutters and super kicks and uh, low blows and weapons and it was just everything and blood so much yeah, blood like literally the, the briscoes <laughs> did have the crimson mask like it wasn't even like dripping it was just there oh no it was yeah it's uh i've got some good pictures maybe i'll send you guys but um <laughs> yeah like i said they when you know like we talked about earlier i mean jay briscoe and mark briscoe they bleed ring of honor blood and boy like you said like you said Beaumont, they bled it in this match yeah, yeah. big time I, I think we'll uh We'll leave it with that. Um, Joe, this has been amazing. And and for me and leading up to this, you know, watching a handful of Ring of Honor matches and just reading more about it. And I mean, again, just incredible the amount of talent they've had running through there for the past 19 years. And 
hopefully more to come. And, you know, hopefully you guys can start snagging up some of these, you know, guys that are leaving other companies and whatnot. And got, got some things in the works. So we'll see if there might be some returns or, you know, some, uh, some new yeah. blood. So uh, can't really talk about too much right now, but uh, things are definitely looking up. It's an exciting time in the business. That's for sure. And uh, I look forward to showing Bo some Nigel McGinnis and, uh, yeah. you know, may- watch some of the, maybe these other earlier matches. So him some, some Brian Danielson stuff. And uh, yeah, it's a fun time. And I think it's going to get a lot more fun in the entire professional wrestling landscape. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll see you guys cross over with AEW at some point. You never know. It's all I'm going to say right now. So. The forbidden door is ajar, sir. So, uh, yeah, very exciting times. Thank you again for coming on. It's yes. always a joy. Uh, say hello to Chico, your cat, for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yeah, he's hiding. I thought he was going to make an appearance and come say hi, but... I'm sure you're keeping them fed and hydrated and yeah. uh, hopefully we'll see you down the road sometime soon. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's, yeah. There's a good chance. Hopefully. I mean, you guys are always more welcome. So, I mean, our next show is in Philadelphia. So just let me know. Hell yeah, man. Perfect. Well, thanks again. We really Thank appreciate you, it. We'll talk soon. Later. All righty. Wonderful.